Welcome back to Slotshot Podcast, a hockey podcast brought to you by Star Six Media. We are through most of the draft at this point. We are recording a basic draft, uh, not much of the draft heavy, but we're going to talk a little bit of the first uh, first few rounds that transpired last night. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the trades that have uh, that have happened so far in this early 2023-2024 offseason. Um and we're going to talk about pending free agents on this exciting episode of Slotshot Offseason Edition. Uh, boys, we got to check in with the boys first. How are how are we doing? Uh, who wants to lead us off and uh, tell us how the the world is uh, was going? I'm doing well. Summer is treating me well. Happy to be back on the pod. And you know, it's that time of year which I love as a fan of a team that's not in the, been in the playoffs for a while, where we just get to project everything. You know, it's all about takes here and. Uh, Less so about what actually happens on the ice. We can project it, but it's about just, you know, having fun, shooting the shit. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Just forget when you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, Stevie Y was active, so you got plenty to talk about here tonight. Rusty, you've been uh, you've been quiet to start. How how you doing over there on the left? Doing well. Um, grateful for our, our listener, our, our termite listeners. I uh, got July 4th around the corner, Independence Day. Correct. So I think Correct. a lot of people are going to be doing a lot of travel, so we're hoping to get this out in advance. And, uh, yeah, what can I say, boys? A lot of UFA termites out there. A lot of UFA termites out there, He's including hinting. the queen. Yep, yep, exactly. Can't forget about old, uh, good old Miles. He could be uh, departing the Jersey Shore. We'll see where, where he lands uh, here come July 1st, the official day where free agents are allowed to uh, sign on the dotted line. So it uh, should be an exciting weekend. I think that lands on Saturday or Friday. Saturday. Saturday. Saturday is when the uh, free agent period opens. Kind of a weird uh, 4th of July landing on Tuesday. So uh, the Americans, they may be celebrating the, the 4th of July. But hopefully you can keep an eye on your phone as, uh, as your big teams may be making a, a big splash in the free agent market. But in reality, it's not the biggest, uh, biggest prize in the world this year. But definitely some guys to cover. But let's, uh, let's start off at the draft. And, uh, you know, I think as, as a whole – I personally have been pretty quiet on this podcast because, uh, you know, the, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, haven't done much, but it, it felt good to be a Chicago Blackhawks fan last night as we, you know, as the inevitable happened. Yes, they drafted uh, out of uh, Regina with the with the Pats. They drafted uh, the one and only Connor Bedard. Exciting news there. Obviously, you're getting the uh, superstar. He signed his Lululemon deal already. It sounds like he might be going to Sherwood, as, uh, as the speculation has, but Connor Bedard is officially a Blackhawk. Can finally say that. We're on day one of Bedard being a Hawk. Beautiful. Love it. What does Kyle Davidson do? He waits. He waits. He sees how the draft board unfolds, and he lands on a guy, a young uh, American forward with uh, potentially the best skating ability in the whole draft. And we're talking about a phenomenal player in Bedard. He's got a better skating ability than Bedard, and that's Oliver Moore with the uh, USNDP. Or NTP, NTDP, NTDP, National Team yep. Development Program. Well, it's a, it's a mindfuck of a of an abbreviation, it but the fact is that is the U.S. National Under or Development Under 18 team. They play in the USHL. Um, but Oliver Moore, the best skater in the draft, the fastest skater in the draft. He is a development project for this Hawks team, but uh, they ended up landing a great speed forward that uh, wasn't a part of the the top line scoring of this U.S. Uh, national team, but. The fact is, he was a dynamic scorer for that second line. I do think he played. Uh, I don't know. Was he? At, I don't know if he was at juniors. But the fact is, Oliver Moore is a hawk. He lands to the Hawks at 19, where Kyle Davidson was active on the phones, trying to land uh, an earlier pick. But the fact is, they were able to stay put and land 
all over more. Boys, quick uh, quick thoughts before we put the Blackhawks out of uh, out of the rear view for a little bit until we get to the trades. What do you think of uh, Oliver Moore at 19? And I think we have a pretty general consensus on what what happened at number one. So I guess more is more more is more to more talk about. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you get Bedard, don't fuck it up. They didn't fuck it up. Simple. You got lucky and uh, take advantage of luck. Don't overthink it. Good job. Congrats on the one thing that bothered me about the Bedard pick was the announcers saying they suffered a lot for this. They had three years of being bad. It's it's kind of bullshit, but that's okay. They got him. Congrats, to Hawks fans. You got Major lucky. market. The, the the that was Gary. That was that was that was Gary saying. You know, if we rigged it, you know, they, they sucked. Like like recognize that they sucked bad enough that we should have rigged it for them. Yeah, and it's it's bullshit. But congrats on the Hawks. Your, re, your rebuild has come five years faster. Like you're five years closer to the playoffs than you were before the lottery. Um, so huge news there. Oliver Moore, I think, is just the the icing on top of the cake, the cherry on top of the ice, however you want to put it. Um, a lot of people had him going top 10. They're saying he's the best skater since McDavid. Obviously, a lot of that's projecting, but now we time players, you know, there are speed things, and he's one of the fastest skaters to ever really be a prospect. Um, what I love about it, I think there's such limited downside when you have those type of wheels. And it's odd to me that we look at so many areas of hockey as like skills that you can develop. Mm -hmm. And skating seemingly would be one because there's a lot of technique in skating. Yep. But no, it's a natural ability to skate with just incredible ability. And there's elite athleticism as well. But some guys can just do it better. And it doesn't seem like you gain speed coming to the NHL, which always confused me. You can get a better shot. You can get better at certain things. That natural speed is unteachable. I think his downside is a third-line grinder that's going to be a menace. Like Cogliano. Like Cogliano may, maybe the worst he could possibly So my, my, my comp was last night, and I was thinking about it for a while, was a smaller Jason Chimera. Jason Chimera had wheels. Arm, he, had, arm, he texted arm, me this arm, at 1230. He was reaching. He's reaching a little bit. But. Ch Ch Chimera was like, a, first of all, a badass. Second of all, he's like 6'3". But he had wheels. Yeah. Skating was how he made the league. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's I know the he was right big. Comp. I don't think that's the right. I, I get it. I'm saying he stayed in the league because he was fast. If he wasn't fast, he wouldn't have been. I always loved Chimera. He was one of my favorites. Um, oh, to me personally, I, I think uh, if he ends up being uh, someone with the speed of what Victor Stolberg had in 2010, I think you love it. You're like, who the hell is that? But yeah, who the hell is that? You know, was Victor a, Stolberg? You don't know who Stolberg is? Yeah, he was around for a little while, yeah. but he had great uh, great speed. Um, more a guy who's already shown it that he can develop on a, on a second line. He doesn't necessarily need to be the main focus. And I honestly love the fact that he's able to come into this major market not as the number one pick. So he's got a little bit less of the pressure with the sense of uh, a Connor Bedard being there. So and you it, get two centers. Yep. In a crucial draft, you yep. get two centers. He That's how you build a team. Headline in Chicago, the Bedard era begins. Mm -hmm. Subheadline. More to love. Oh, as as love love as it. listening to Chicago radio today, this was a top five. Apparently, this could, I think it is. And personally, my lifetime, but this is a top five sports moment. They're saying in the city of Chicago. <laughs> Chicago, that's a radio. horrible take. Chicago that's, radio. That's one of the worst blows. takes I've ever heard. It's Chicago it was kind radio, of surprising. You guys have won title. Like, Honestly, titles have been won here. Biggest disappointment moving to Chicago is how bad the sports radio is here. Yeah, I mean, it a guy blows. abandoned, dude, a totally abandoned. That's a horrible. Take. Take. He was like, it was a, yeah. I mean, we're not a football podcast. So I'm not gonna get into it. It's but. It's, just, it's a terrible station. Ross, just, what do you got on uh, the Hawks' moves so far early in the uh, the season? You know, uh, I'll put it this way: I, I love how optimistic you are because it can only go down from here. Like, <laughs> I, like I hate you, you think it can only go it. up, but um, no. I mean, hey, I, I'm I'm a Chicagoan now, um, and you know, Bedard's just good for business. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely. 
you know, Hawks tickets on the on one hand, well, you can't get into the barn for you know, thirteen dollars anymore. Um, sure Not that, when you I'm sell five point five million dollars sure in season that's, tickets. I'm sure that's probably tripled. Um, but yeah, no, it's exciting, um, and I like some of the uh, some of the other moves mm-hmm. that that they made. Um, even though I realized that um, the Bailey. Josh Bailey was a buyout, right? I thought to my reportedly, reportedly, we'll I see still, if that happens. Yeah, I, but I still yeah. think of Bailey as a player with like something else. Left I think he could have helped the Hawks. I was a little disappointed. It was, by the I was surprised by it, but he's been tucked away and on the uh, on the island for quite a while, in my opinion. I think he's up in the mid thirties at this point. Yeah, he's over thirty four. The, the mileage is there. Yep, Sneakily, yep. talking about great skaters, he's not a great skater. Yep. But yep. Heady, heady passer and a, and a good power play, power play two guy. A guy that you look at five years ago and you're like, oh, I, uh, Josh Bailey, he's gonna he's gonna produce a, a little bit. Mid six yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Um, the uh, and obviously you bring in Lips Taylor Hall from Boston. Well, we'll well, well this we'll is get, also we'll get there at the trades. Okay. This is also, right. uh, but we just asked what Davidson did. I mean, other than well, Davidson, two guys, that's what he did. So, oh, he, oh, he, we'll he drafted. Uh, we'll get he drafted. Uh, what was it? Minx, Minx, Minx. We'll get there. Oh my god, what was it? Minx, Minx, or something? <laughs> Who the guy later? An erotic journey from Milan to Minx. Rochelle, Rochelle. This guy's name is like Merce, Merce. Marcel, Marcel. Marcel, Marcel. Hey, tall check forward that played in the juniors. He better make the league, dude. I need to see Marcel, Marcel. An erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. Rochelle, Rochelle. (laughs) Uh, Funny other fact. Some dude was 6'2", 150. I mean, they're 18 years old. I know, but that's just wild. That's pretty skinny to me. But uh, moving on to uh, the second pick, which was a bit of a surprise. And and, uh, Alex, I'm going to let you take it away because you kind of – Read this to a T with uh, with what happened. Yeah, so I think I, I, I probably mentioned this in some closing moments um, in podcasts. It was never like a full-on topic we had, but I definitely I, it definitely floated this idea around to a lot of people that I think Leo Carlson is the number two prize in this draft. Um, and love Leo Carlson, love the game. I think like Sasha Barkov, and you hope he plays to the level Sasha Barkov ended up playing towards the end of the playoffs. You know, like – when you get a player with that skill set, you can see why everyone loves Sasha Barkov. And then them playing to a high-speed game is a different thing because they're, they're players who slow down the game, which is a skill. Um, but I really like Leo Carlson as a player. Obviously, also some Swedish bias there and hope that the Red Wings finally got a good draft lottery, which they did not. I will say, though, I think this is a, a scary pick to make. When you have Fantilli coming off the Hobie Baker, a guy who will translate to the NHL. And Leo Carlson will too. I, I think there's full expectations he'll be a star. But that high-speed, big power forward has always seemed like a safer pick. I just think like the range of like the high-end outcomes are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. And I think Fantilli's a bit safer. So as an organization, I'm a little bit more worried about it because Fantilli will play next year in the NHL. Yeah. Leo Carlson might. Well, um, he could have an SHL year. And but the fact is, at 17 years old, the guy played 35 games in the SHL, which is he's it's a, a very top prospect. lead in Sweden. And, and being six three, I think that preps him pretty nicely for Anaheim. That's got something cooking potentially. We're not going to talk about Zegris, but well, yeah. I think him and Zegris on the power play, and it if McTavish takes the next step, mm-hmm. like there, there could be a lot of like excitement there. And that's um, where I think the the shocker of Fantelli didn't go there because McTavish and Fantelli have played together. They did the juniors together. I mean, that was a surprise to me, but. McTavish and Fantilli down the middle is pretty pretty tough. Fantilli just seems like a bigger, like he's a more a safe win, right? bet. Gonna he's going to be a center. He's yeah, going to be a power forward center, yeah. and he's going to score. He's going to put up assists. 
I get why you think the playmaking of Leo Carlson could be a little bit better. He's not going to be a better scorer, though. And I think when you have a chance at drafting number one center who has 50-goal upside, you take that um, just for the safety. But they like Leo Carlson. So that was probably the first shock of the draft. And, uh, good, good, good on mm-hmm. Verbeek making the move, you know, that he trusted. Because th- it's an easy move to get hated on for. The nickname, the little, the, the little ball of hate. That, that, that's been passed on from generation to generation to generation. There was a little ball of hate in like the 60s and the 70s. Verbeek was that guy in the 80s. Now we know it's Brad Marchand. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Pat Verbeek is a, had a legendary career. And the fact that he's now running uh, Anaheim is, yep. is certainly interesting. Um, this pick, again, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on these guys, but our elite prospects, DB, thank you, Daniel, um, was, uh, you know, gave him an upside of like a Joe Thornton. Fourth, yeah, fifth. Well, he's 6'3". He's okay. got size. And he's a, definitely a pass-first distributor. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and so you look at that, and it's like, what, is he maybe going to be a little bit more like a Ryan Johansson? Um, can, can he be like a Joe Thornton? Is he going to be if like – If he's a jumbo a, Joe, Joe, that is – well, that that's, that's a slam dunk. But but yeah. also Thornton was ready to walk right into the league physically Correct. speaking. Correct. Um, and he was a 1-1. But, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, you know, maybe more like a next-gen Matt Sundin, maybe. Um, but hey, we'll see how it goes. I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's a ballsy pick by Verbeek. But you know, again, because because Fantilli felt like such a slam dunk, feels mm-hmm. like a guy that can step right in and you know be in the race for the Calder. Um, and you know, I'm not ready to give Bedard the Calder quite yet. Um, so I, I've got a little bit of a sneaky take that I think Fantilli, Fantilli, like maybe he's like a l- little bit of like a sneaky scumbag. He, he's he's a got little, a little he, edge on his game. He he's has, a little too he got, slick. Uh, he's a little too cocky. He's got played in the world made. championships for Canada. I, I'm aware. Um, As a fourth liner. And I think he got a 10-minute misconduct. I think. He kind of sucked at He that, got pushed that to the fourth line. He wasn't good. Yeah. But, I mean, he was pretty dominant in the NCAAs. Correct. Uh, and absolutely Open. took over the Frozen Four tournament. Oh, so. and apparently, in May, he said he wanted all along to be in Columbus. So, he's a happy man. He is actually, surprisingly, uh, the ego may have taken a hit not going second, but... I don't think so, but the other don't judge this pick after a year because Fantilli I think is a sneaky Calder candidate mm-hmm. for the specific reason there's a good chance he plays with Johnny Hockey and Patrick Line. He's playing. And they just they just put up a power line there. Kent Johnson. And, and, I mean there. that's that's going to mean Michigan points. Forwards there. And they that's got bad. the the other Michigan guy in the second round, his friend. So I I, I think Fantilli's a very just his situation mm-hmm. makes him a very sneaky Calder guy. I agree. I agree. Um, the big story, besides obviously Bedard, Carlson, and and Fantilli, was Mike uh, Matt Matvey 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 Michkov Matvey Michkov, uh, the Russian, the Russian. For, man, does this guy look the Russia. Man, does this guy look Russian? Uh, but uh, Michkov was an interesting story. Obviously signed, I think, for another three years in the KHL. Uh, a guy who has been in the in the KHL, so one of the two real forwards that have been playing professional top professional leagues um, currently. And three years, three years Super League. Three. <laughs> uh, but Mishkov, it was, it's funny enough. I think we, I, Alex and I, were at the bar the other night, and we read something that apparently the Flyers on uh, on Sunday shut down the uh, the Flyers facility and and quietly snuck Mishkov in for a meeting and. And they watched as the draft board as he fell, I think, what, to what, seven. Seven? seven? I think it was seven. Because the Caps were at eight, and everybody yeah. suspected the Caps. The Caps, if, the Caps if Mishkov the Caps. landed on the Caps, he's there next year. Yeah. He's Correct. playing with OV, and Correct. he's getting out of that deal. But then he ends up in Philly, which is an interesting – I mean, you've seen it. Obviously, Daniel Breer and uh, 
and Keith uh, Keithy Jones are are was that bad? I oh, know I'm laughing at Torts coaching this guy. Torts. Oh my god. They got Tortsy <laughs> Jones and Breer in the organization. It's it's, a, it's an interesting uh, interesting leadership. But Torts is so out of place in Philly. It's like <laughs> why is he there? Uh, he's gonna he's gonna make his presence felt. That's for sure. But. Uh, no, it was an interesting move for, for Philly. I think uh, a f- organization that could actually take the risk of allowing Mitchkov to go play a few years more in Russia before he, he makes the jump. Um, and it ends up being a, a pretty good landing fit for uh, for the Russian forward. Boys, what do we got quickly on Mitchkov? Just really quick on Mitchkov because I don't have a ton. i got to give a shout-out to our boy Brian Sennett, the senator. He, he's been talking to me about Matvey Mitchkov since 2020. Um, so you know this kid is basically the Russian Bedard. Um, you know, the, the, the hype about this draft, people were talking about Mitchkov Bedard, Mitchkov Bedard, um, for years leading up. Apparently, I had just 32 thoughts, like how I've kind of gotten a little bit of the situation. Um, you know, Mitchkov, I guess he lost his dad within the last year. That's a challenging situation. There's obviously the crisis of Russia and all the things going on geopolitically. That's another kind of hurdle or risk factor. Um, and one thing I love about, about Mitchkov right out of the gates, got a text from my flyer buddy. Love the interpreter. Lo- lo- love, yeah. love that he's got just not an ounce of English that he speaks right now. To me, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Love it. Do, do you guys? Did <laughs> For he, no reason. Did he play World Juniors? He did. He did. Okay. Because so my big takeaway from this: first off, if you're the Flyers, take that risk. You're in rebuild. I think it's a great pick. I think the Canadians and Coyotes are dumb for taking. They're trying to find Mo Sider, really is what they're doing. They're taking these loggy defensemen who are defensive first, and they're expecting them to find Ryan something. Ryan Brocker or something? Ryan Brocker and Simashev. Poor Carey Price. Jesus. Too big. Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. That was brutal. I loved watching him get embarrassed and watching the watching the CH embarrassed right there on the, on the you know, it national stage. It was pretty stage. funny. Was it was special. terribly awkward, though. I was kind of – I didn't enjoy them. Like, I was laughing, but I was also like, this is so bad. Oh, it, it was, was uncomfortable. It was perfect. I think I tweeted out, how do you spell embarrassment? Or how, how do you say embarrassment in French? Yeah. But uh, my big takeaway from this, this is a great look for Danny Briere. Reasons why. They said they met with him seven times. A guy who's been in Russia during all this – World Juniors, clearly an opportunity to go meet with him. But then how, how do you sneak seven in over this time frame, right? So first off, good on you getting that face-to-face contact with a guy who could be in the KHL. Now, the contract is a thing, but it's not something you can't get around. There's buyouts all the time. If he wanted to play next year, it's very likely he could. Um, then you see him go up after getting drafted. He looks happy. Mm-hmm. And then... They interview him right after, and he looks. They ask him, "When are you going to play in the NHL?" Obviously, the question you have he was, to ask. He was prepared, and he goes, "Soon. It's my dream. Soon is not three years. No, soon is just not. I don't. I don't care how you quantify that. It's it's a uh, it's a shady answer. Like it's a it's a vague answer, but it's, it doesn't mean three years. Um, so to me, this is very good on Danny Briere to go lay that groundwork with a guy who he knew was going to fall, or expected could fall, right? So that they could have confidence picking him. And maybe him coming over sooner. So I think Absolutely. it's a slam dunk and a very, very, very good sign mm-hmm. for Danny Briere mm-hmm. to have this mentality around the pick after. So the, the other thing I'll say about it, like, like I think the big shock is the guy they passed on is Ryan Leonard, right? Who's like one of the more physical, mean, high skill forwards. A Philly player. He fits the brand of Philly the same way Mitchkov fits the brand of, of the Caps. Of the Everyone Caps. was saying they, their, so, they stole each other's right? guys. Exactly. Um, but you know, I think for the Caps, they should be pretty thrilled that they got this Leonard kid. Um, you know, he's got a little shades of a next gen Tom Wilson to him. Totally. Um, and I mean, right. It's 
you say copycat league, copycat. But I also league. hate the Tom Wilson comp. Well, uh, yeah, but but my, but my point is, but my point is, uh, the reason I say the copycat league thing is, you know, it literally changes every year. Mm-hmm. And so right now, the big copycat league thing is what you need a big, strong defense, um, and you take risks at, at getting the right centers, you know, through trades or whatever. That's the Vegas model. But um, when the Caps won it, the entire league was out looking, and, and like now it's right, everybody's looking for the next Matt Kachuk, mm-hmm. and for a number of years there, everybody's looking for the next Tom Wilson. Yeah. realizing that kind of glue that even if he's not leading your team in scoring, he could be the most impactful player or one of them. Um, so I, I, I think it's, I, I mean, I think, I think those are two, two exciting, exciting prospects. And this felt like a very loaded top half of the totally. top half. Oh, it's such be, a to fun draft fair, night. Such a fun night. Ryan Leonard, I think his realistic outcome is in between Kachuk and, and Tom Wilson. I can't believe he's going to BC. They, they got, you got three first round picks that are all the, the BC same team BC. next year. If you're ever in, in, in if you're basically ever near lineup. the BC hockey team, you need to go because it's a, it's basically a team of, Will Smith, of future, Leonard, future Perot. NHL it's, players. It's already yep. the best line in hockey last yep. year of like youth hockey, like junior hockey. So. Yep, yep, yep. We'll, see, we'll see how that goes. Final uh, uh, final draft thoughts. Obviously, it was a loaded one, as as Ross hinted at. Zach Benson, a, a guy that was kind of projected to go maybe potentially top 10, maybe middle 10 teams. Some people had him a top five prospect. Yeah, it was. It was Obviously, everyone's boards could be different. He fell. He fell to 13, and he fell to the Buffalo Sabres, a team that has such a strong under-26 core already. They saw the uh, emergence of Tage Thompson over the last two seasons. They've got the young, obvious Rasmus and Darlene. Owen Power. Owen Power. They've got Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins. Maybe my favorite of the bunch. They've got. I think it, Dylan Cousins will be the next captain of that team. Yeah, very easily. Very yeah. easily. He was the captain of the World Juniors for for Canada. The, the workhorse from Whitehorse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a nickname. So Zach Benson, a, a talented forward. I think of the WHL landing in Buffalo. And this, my my other big takeaway on this. I think it's a steal of a pick because he's a winger. You look at the top of the draft, everyone wants centers and defensemen. Um, and a small winger rarely goes top of the draft unless it's a weaker draft or it's like Mitch Marner, right? Who I, I, I think Zach Benson could become a light Mitch Marner. Uh, he's got top-end skill. When you build a lineup with three young centers, you have that ability. The Sabres already on their roster have Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, great one-two. Peyton Krebs, a guy I love, as your number three center and mm-hmm. another young guy. You can go after a winger then and not be afraid of, like, oh, we need to build center depth. That's why you see. So, like, when the Hawks go take two centers, next year when they have two first-rounders, they may have that Zach Benson fall to them because they've already built that, that foundation. It's the old best available, right? Um, it's, the, it's the old best available versus mm-hmm. positional scarcity versus drafting for need. And it's, yeah, it's kind of Zach a Benson was a top-eight talent. Very good. You know, 98 points in, in the WHL this year. He almost doubled the amount in assists, so big, he loved the fact. Big year for the dub. Big year for the dub. Big, yep. big year for the dub. Awful year for the Q and uh, a mediocre year for the OHL in terms of the first round. Uh, and a great year for the Europeans, honestly. Uh, tough uh, oh, tough yeah. one for the, for uh, the Slovakia. Slovakia had Congrats, a great draft. Congrats, man. Yeah. You yeah. guys, you guys just are continuing to produce top-end talent. Yep. That's huge for uh, really the hockey world. I mean, it's good to have another country in that. And that mix of absolutely top young players coming through. Moving on from the draft, an exciting year, loaded class. Excited to see who can jump up to the league uh, instantly. We know who will, uh, but he was very modest about it. Uh, moving on to the trades, and it's been an active transition transaction page, at least on the NHL app, as as teams have been making accusi- or acquisitions 
the first notable one, the LA Kings, something that had been talked about for seemingly like three weeks, where they're going to get it over the borderline, where they're going to get it over the line, where they're going to get it over the line. They finally did. They landed Pierre-Luc Dubois, or, yep, to the LA Kings for Velarde, Ayafalo, Capari, 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 and a second rounder for this year's draft. Capari and Soda. Capari and Soda. Um, and, and landing a huge forward in uh, PLD from from Winnipeg, a, a team that potentially could be saying goodbye to uh, Hellbuck as well this year. Uh, but Winnipeg ships out their uh, a forward that notably said he was not going to re-sign in Winnipeg. It was a, a guy who's an RFA. Obviously, the Kings knew what they were doing. They signed him to an eight-year, 8.5 contract, big ticket for PLD as he is a king for the long term. Boys, what do we got? It's It was a big big uh, three pretty much. I mean, I know Kapari is, is more of a development and it may not be quite what he was drafted as, but you've got two pretty good players in Iafalo and Velarde coming your way to Winnipeg and, and two guys that I feel like will be uh, – will embrace the Winnipeg aspect, I guess is what, what I'll say. But PLD to the Kings, what do we got? Yeah, I, I never liked the, the – the, the, there's a saying it's very uh, just – prevalent in my my boston sports talk radio maz always says you know horses and ponies right so you never like trading you never like trading a horse for ponies and that's kind of what's going on here um i think these are a couple effective ponies these are proven nhlers guys that could maybe take that like alex tuck type of leap that we saw when tuck went from um las vegas to buffalo in the in the big eichel deal um you know i think the big the big trend here uh, just looking at this trade from a from a league perspective is I mean, we're going to get to the UFA class this summer, but it's a weak class this summer. Mm-hmm. Next summer is like Oof. Hollywood. And so what a lot of teams are doing is trading for guys that have one more year left that are kind of trade then signs, right? It's not a sign and trade. It's a mm-hmm. trade then sign um, type of approach where you end up giving up more, even though the guys only got one year, because behind the scenes you're negotiating with the agents, you know you're going to have them long term. So Correct. when I look at the king, so, so that's a bigger picture theme that I think is going to be very consistent the next few days, uh, especially up until July 1. Um, but when I look at the kings, it's like, man, I mean, how much do we talk about Kopitar and Dano down the middle? And you obviously Kopitar is getting up there, and I think he's going to come back, especially with this trade. Um, so now you're looking at maybe Kopitar is your third line center. Deneau is your checking center, and Dubois is your C- C1. I mean, Dubois never had that excellence of consistency. Big kind of quote cliche that I love is like, you know, a lot of guys are good, but greatness is about consistency. And that's been the that's been the knock on him, right? That's, that's the gap between his potential and his mm-hmm. reality so far in this league. Um, but he's going into a good situation. Todd McClellan's a great coach. I think Todd McClellan is a great – um, mentality about working with this current generation of younger players and yep. adjusting his kind of old school experience with the new wave of how to deal with people in this snowflake era. Um, and I, I mean, it, those aren't the best three centers in the NHL on, on a single team. I don't know who are New Jersey. New Jersey's yeah, I mean, up there. New Jersey. I mean, but... it's a good point. The other thing that's great about this is like you hope after Kopitar finally is done, Quinn Byfield's there um, and ready to play one of those center roles. So, like, you just set yourself up. We're also seeing – they were able to keep Byfield. Yeah, no, I'm but sure this is, this is what, and the reason they're ready to trade NHL talent is because they have such a deep prospect yep. pool. And I, I don't know the in-depths of all these guys. What I do know is consensus is they're one or two in prospect pool with a lot of top-end scoring coming up. So you can trade these guys and 
not be too concerned when you're getting PLD, yep. who we've seen moments where he's just brilliant. He uh-huh. can dominate. He can dominate in a, uh, in a series. He can oh, dominate a, career, a playoff series. Career, career year this year. Um, you saw a sophomore year, sixty-one points. But he can also go to bed. Yeah. But now, so this is the question with him, and I think it can go two ways. He's in a place he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he's comfortable with his contract? Does that mean he's happy and he's playing loose hockey and aggressive hockey and playing well? You don't know. Well, you uh, gotta... It goes different ways with that, but I, I do think there's less risks in the NHL with that. I think typically guys uh, will play will – play, like, I, I don't think you see guys taking contract and sitting down as much as other sports. Not not like baseball, not like basketball potentially, but The other yes, thing too is – right, oh, sorry, but just like, like the timing of this, right? Like – this is these are Pierre Luc Dubois' key oh, yeah. years, yeah. so this is his chance to reach his ceiling. It's not like he got the. It's not like he already had his breakout year, and now this no. is his payday to go sit off. This is you know his his first big deal, and as we're seeing across the league, right? You got to get ahead of those big breakout years, and that's what they're hoping is happening. But like like mathematically looking at the deal, it's like he can range anywhere from a five million dollar player to his, he can be a ten million dollar player. Yeah. And basically, the bet here is that he's going, he's to, be going to be a ten million dollar player way more often than he's a five million dollar player. We'll see. Yeah, um, Alex, to your point of, of kind of the bullshit that's been surrounding him, I think this has been a two year saga. Of basically, I said I think he came to the team last year and said, you know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Winnipeg kind of started out slow, obviously, kind of picked it up. Obviously, scratched their way into the playoffs, found themselves against Vegas in the first round, stole a game, turtled, and then turtled. Correct. Um, and yeah, now now he's he is able to come off that with a fresh contract. His first time in his career that he's been able to put back to back years of sixty points. You got to think the trend is upward for PLD, but I I think uh, you got to ask for consistency. You got to ask for the fact that he can uh, stay away from the distractions of of what Los Angeles offers. But he's got a great mentor in uh, in Anzi Kopitar, and you got to think that they they are loving that as as a guy that's going to be here until he's at least thirty two. You got to think they may be grooming a, a leader in PLD. If, 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 doubtful, but at least a you'd good love player. to see. I mean, he's there for eight years. He's a years. first line he's center there for when he's eight playing. Years. He's a true first line center when he's mm-hmm. playing on his game. Yep. And you do not acquire that through free agency. Yep, There's, yep. I, I don't think in the last five years one has been acquired through free agency. Well, successfully, right? John Tavares. John Tavares that's was one of the worst contracts in the league. There's a reason for that. Right. No, 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 no. I think that's your – yeah. I, I'm, it I'm almost signing. feels a if little bit want, like if you want to, to me. If you try to do it, you will fall on your face. Yeah, if you want a, a true first-line center, you develop them or you trade for them. Yep. It, it almost feels almost like Saudi, like to me, Brennan Saad, when he uh, – after <laughs> – no, I know you laugh at that. No, I thought you were talking about the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Oh. It did sound like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Saad, after I think the 2013 or four – I can't remember how many cups he's got with us. Um, the Sheik. But he got he he pretty much said to the team, you know, I, I'm going to sign a big contract. The Hawks couldn't afford it. They traded him. He had some decent years. They brought him back. I think Saad has taken the, a downward troll. But Saad but, was never a center. No, I know, but Saad was – Saad, whoa. He wasn't this good. Mm, look at the numbers. He wasn't a top center, man. <laughs> no, but he was a top He was a top six forward. He was a top – he was potentially a top three PLD forward. on his game is a true number one center. I understand that. I'm just – I think you're underrating second, Saad second during those players. I'm not. I just I think think it's just a, a, a top comp. six it's forward is no, very right. different. Whatever. Whatever. There are 32 Whatever. teams in the NHL, not just the Blackhawks, Jack. <laughs> he doesn't even play for the Hawks anymore. He's in St. Louis. Moving on. Moving on, the Colorado Avalanche were very active, first in acquiring Ryan Johansson from the National Predators for the tuck, uh, the uh, seemingly Alex Galachinyuk, who cannot seemingly find his uh, his way, a, a guy that they, people thought were going to be good. 
Uh, this ends up being a little bit of a salary dump for Nashville, but the fact is Colorado lands another great center in Ryan Johansson and a guy who's done it. He's been around and uh, will add some depth towards the third, fourth line for this Colorado team and could play some power play minutes if he's if he's healthy. Johansson has struggled with health as of late, but a good pickup for this Colorado team. And before I toss it over to the boys, they also added from the Tampa Bay Lightning the always lovable Ross Colton via trade with Tampa for a second round in this year's draft. Boys, what do we think of the Colorado Avalanche and their moves? Well, then they also traded, I think, in oh, and, context, yeah. they traded yeah. a new hook away to um, Montreal for Montreal, a first, a and, first a and a second. So really they, they got a first Ross Colton and Ryan Johansson with a little salary. Um, for nothing. For for yeah. For new nothing. hooks, not nothing. For new hook, sorry. For new hook, sorry. Who's a good player, but I, th- I I think it makes sense for them to go get Ross Colton, who like you don't want him as your second line center, but you're not hating that. And then you hope Johansson is that when he comes back. And at least they're two three interchangeable. You know, different styles. Johansson's a great pickup, like a fantastic pickup if he's healthy. To me, that's that's really the question. If he's healthy, he's going to make this team better. The only note on this is they're losing JT Comfort, but that's what happens when you get this good. Mm-hmm. You have that many stars, so that was just going to happen anyway, so they're just adjusting to that. But, uh, yeah, I love these pickups. I, th- I think this could solidify the center position, which was in question, without a big cost. When and they, they lost, added a first. Well, well, they've been chasing Kadri, right, since they yeah. couldn't mm-hmm. sign him. And um, I, I love this move for Colorado for two reasons. Um, Ryan Johansson's a guy I paid a lot of attention to because he found early success. They made it to that Stanley Cup final. And then it was kind of like, where is Ryan Johansson? Like, what the hell is going on? I think he struggled at times with focus. I think he kind of enjoyed Nashville a lot. I don't know how much of a pro he was kind of being, couple in some injury issues um, and some, you know, just kind of growing up lumps. But now he's joining a team with Nate McKinnon, who really is a no nonsense leader that will not tolerate teammates that don't do the right thing. So I think it's a great uh, setup for Johansson to re, to, to, to re, rediscover his game. And then they, you know, they, they lose new hook, but they bring in rusty Colton. So across this, they've added in some size. Um, and when Johansson's going, he's got grit. He's a British Columbia boy. It sounds like he's, you know, a sweet, but he's not. Um, and so I look at both of those and it's like, they basically traded out some speed for some size. They address the center ice position, which is huge. And honestly, like every team wants to get faster all the time. But when you have Nate Dog and McCarr and like Rontanen and like and like Taves, like <laughs> it, when when the when your pace of play as a Colorado Avalanche team can reach those heights, speed is a little bit less of a concern. It's like they had so much speed to burn, and so they gave up a little bit of speed. I think Newhook is a really good player, um, and I'm excited. To, well. Uh, I don't want You'd him. like to at one point. I don't I don't want him to do well Walk in Montreal. It back. Walk it back. Well, I don't want him to do well in Montreal, but I do think he's a promising player and he seems like a good dude. Um and all of those things. But uh for for those reasons I like it because because of McKinnon's leadership and because they traded speed for size when they're a team that had in my opinion speed to speed to spare. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you saw how important Ross Colton was to Tampa in their their cup run two years ago. Uh, this is a team that obviously was banged up. They're hopefully going to have a healthy Gabriel Landeskog at some point in this season as he took the whole year off. Um, what is he going to play next year? 
I think so. I think so. He was. He, he was might little, have got surgery again. He had surgery again in. I think he might be at April. end of next season. We we but will fall. Gonna, we will fall. He might have a Mark Stone season. It he could have a Mark a, Stone yeah, season. Yeah, but Mark the Stone fact is, sure. if you're getting back a Gabby, Colorado Landis will get. Colorado dude, will not miss scary, the tournament. It's a scary team. It's a scary team. They can LTIR his money too. It and is, they, but also just for context, they thought they had that this year, uh-huh. and they didn't. So w- when you have a guy that injured, you can look at it, that LTIR abuse as an advantage. He's still injured, and it's horrible to say it. And we're obviously rooting for all all the players' health and everything in the, yeah. across the league. But right, it's very possible Landis Cog's done. It is, and even it, he comes back next playoffs. He's two years off of playing game. It's true. <laughs> that that's a that's a. Two years. Hell of a hell of hell of a warm up going right into the going right into the yeah, national. So. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is, they recognized they needed to, to add and change a few things, especially with the emergence of Dallas being as strong as they have been in that central division. And I think it's a dogfight between the Stars and the Avalanche. And, and the Avalanche got tough. They're ready to bring the the dog to the fight. The uh, Avalanche very active so far here in this offseason, making uh, several trades for Joe Sackick, an active, active GM so far. Moving on to the trades. Quick one, Boston. Finally, first time we'll bring up Boston all night. They send the once great, still potentially great, Taylor Hall to uh, the Chicago Blackhawks with Nick Foligno, who was a UFA. He he was signed a one-year, $4 million deal by the Blackhawks, so he will be with the roster next year. For Alec Regula and Ian Mitchell. Ian Mitchell played for played for Monty at Denver. Fun fact: shared a, a calculus class with him. He's a, he sat in the back and didn't seem like he was paying too much attention, but neither was I. So I guess it kind of goes both ways. Uh, but the the fact is, an interesting trade. They get obviously six million dollars off the cap for Boston. It was a huge cap move for Boston. Uh, the Hawks, a team that can afford pretty much kind of. Any deal in the league right now, they take that in. They pair him potentially with Bedard. It could be a Bedard, Reichel, Hall type of line, which has the scoring talent, has the ability to set things up. Defensively, it concerns me a little bit. We'll see what Bedard's uh, ability to play the 200-foot game is. But uh, an interesting move, in my opinion. And, and you bring in Felino as, as a savvy vet, a guy who could protect and, and bring some strong presence to the Hawks, even though he has a banged-up back. We'll see what the, the amount of presence he has to that lineup is. But you gotta love that they're bringing in some sort of protection for the for the young, uh, the young Canadian Bedard and add some scoring highlight with Hall next to him. Boys, quickly, what do we got on this one? Ross, bringing up your Boston Bruins for the first time tonight. This is actually impressive. Forty minutes in, and we haven't said a word. So Hall, it was always a luxury on Boston, and we are just like at a point right now as a franchise that there's just no room for him. So, frankly, you know, good riddance. I'll take the six million back. Uh, Hawks can obviously afford it. Um, you know, he's a player that has things to offer. I think this is a great spot for Taylor Hall. He loves playing for terrible teams, getting his cookies, living in a nice city, um, and getting all of his sponsorship money. So good for him. Um, I think it'll go nicely for Bedard. He's also another guy that's lived through being a number one pick with an entire mm-hmm. city on his shoulders. Like, that's what it was like in Edmonton. A lot of people oh, forget yeah. because him and Sagan have become – you know, longtime NHLers and good all-stars here and there. Obviously, he got his heart, but, you know, he's, this is his, what, fifth team? Like, come on. Um, but the point – my my point of referencing that is that 
he has a unique perspective to offer uh, Bedard. Bedard seems like the kind of kid that would just be a total sponge to all the guys around mm-hmm. him. Um, I think you want to be a little careful with what he exactly what he sponges up from uh, from uh, Taylor Hall, but Taylor Hall does not seem to be too much of a Pied Piper. I don't think a lot of people really follow him, so if you can learn things from him and not get caught up in his mistakes, mm-hmm. that's great. And on the ice, it should gel extremely well. They're obviously two electric skaters with very, very high-end skill. In Boston, I couldn't care less about him being gone. What I love about this deal is they trade Nick Foligno, who was about to be a UFA, so they trade the rights to him. And then Foligno just gets a sweetheart $4 million deal. He gets a raise after producing producing like a point every five games over two and a half seasons in Boston. Um, And like I really like Foligno. Everybody likes the person. He's a good dude. His first year in Boston was scary. Uh, He was like single-digit points, getting a lot of ice time, just – completely useless this year he was a lot better um I, you know you never know what guys are playing through so maybe there was a health issue there and he's got a little bit more game to offer but the fact that he nails a four million dollar ticket like good for you good for you flicker like good for him <laughs> the hawks had to hit, it was more about the hawks hitting the the salary floor like, yeah no again he like it, it's it's like playing monopoly right advance mm-hmm. to go collect two hundred dollars like yep. good rock and, and roll and with hall you're only you know the fact is they're only tied in for two years so it's really it's a good deal. It no it's, it's, a good deal. and it's perfect timing for where they're going when it's time to win hall be off their books and right now it'll be time to score and develop mm-hmm. and he's a good he's a good uh you know sidekick for that absolutely so. small little yeah. deal that uh ross hinted at the hawks did trade for josh bailey today from the islanders it was uh for future considerations it's uh, is expected to be a contract that will be bought out so just small pieces there but hawks add the former stud taylor hall um, you got anything on halsey arm i do have a quick point on halsey let's hear it i'm very excited to see the because I, I expect this to be a line you know uh the hall bedard athanasi line it's going to be electric no way two we're, great not mentors. Oh, we're not putting <laughs> we're not putting anywhere near bedard maybe on the power play maybe oh. on the power play but not Did anywhere you got two proven two proven champion line mates dude totally this is exactly what bedard oh, needs Lord. to learn from headaches um, headaches and hopefully headaches. he'll learn to bounce around teams too <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I truly do. You the suck. other the other point that does need to be noted on this, and I, I, I think people are looking at this the wrong way. Everyone's saying Hall's off the books, Bertuzzi's coming back to Boston. No. I think it's far from a lock. I think Boston is going to use uh, – Boston needs a center. The Boston's um, fucked. We don't need to They're in Boston trouble, but I'm just saying don't don't view this – a lot of the media is saying right now this means Bertuzzi's coming back. Do not view it that way at all. I think it's a horrible take right now. He could come back, but I, I, I think that's the wrong take. It just depends on how much Boston's willing to shell out. Taking taking six million away from the deal. We have an empty roster right now. We, yeah. no we don't have bodies. Charlie Coyle is the number yeah. one center. It's yep. A, yep. It's yep. yep, yep, yep. Moving on to a big three team trade that was a lot, but we've got it up. The Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that was pretty active. We'll get to the next trade after that. But Ivan Provorov from the Philadelphia Flyers ends up in Columbus with a three team trade involving the L.A. Kings, the Flyers, and the Blue Jackets. The Kings took 30% of Provorov's contract, and some players went some places. But uh, the fact is that the, the Blue Jackets have uh, solidified their defensive core because they also added Damon Severson from, uh, from New Jersey for a third round. And all of a sudden, the Blue Jackets have a defensive pairing that could actually be pretty damn good in this NHL. And it's an interesting move for a team that unfortunately struck out on the first first pick. Uh, but landed Adam Fantilli. They've got obviously Johnny Hockey, Ken Johnson in the in the work. They've got Patrick Line. There's there's some talent growing in Columbus. Boys, what do we got on their moves so far? 
So I like it a lot, and for the reason they obviously got Fantilli, but then a lot of like the the mock drafters really like their draft. Like they had a lot of highly ranked prospects like across the board, which you never know how much that means. Front offices may see it differently, but I, I just like the idea that you have Fantilli and even Line and, and Johnny Hockey coming into the season with a stronger defensive core. I, I think it's really hard to play hockey when your defense is brutal. And that's what it was, especially after they trade it, with Gavrikov and then they trade him. It's just like there was nothing back there. It should be better this year. Um, I think it's just good for the general development to have some defensive players back there. They do trade a lot to get Provorov. It was a pretty big package. I think the um, Flyers ended up getting a first and two seconds and a couple prospects. So it, w- it was a big deal that this trade happened. Um, and they're expecting a lot from Provorov. But this is a guy who's like a, a, a at his height, I think, like a pretty solid number two. You know, I, I wouldn't say he's a one, but he's, he's a really solid number two, which I think it's people always – want the one but two is underrated is how good those guys are it's the batman um, and robin cliche right yeah but there's a lot of really good twos who like if they're on a playoff team all of a sudden you think differently and Wierenski went healthy supposed to be batman and i think he can't exactly be. exactly this is a huge year next year for Wierenski. well uh, yeah i i think it's a big year for this whole team and i like that with a lot of these players who are in their prime in really elite talents they actually make a push to be competitive because i think mm-hmm. it changes the whole dynamic there It'll be an interesting team to watch. I don't know how good they're going to be. It's really hard to tell. Would you but call it a vibe? Not yet, no. Patrick Line is hard to call a vibe until he pots 40. That's for what sure. What he does, he's a vibe. What he doesn't, he's shit. Anything <laughs> on Severson? Uh, yeah, so right, with Provorov, right? He's a player that's been up and down. Um, I, I really loved his game early. He definitely struggled a lot in Philly the last few years. Um, uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how he rebounds because he has a chance to really save his career. Um, he's got the talent, size, skating ability, skill. Like he checks all the boxes, so to speak, about you know a, a prospective legit number two NHL defenseman. Um, he definitely struggled through the team getting worse and him losing his D pairing. I heard a really interesting interview on Thirty Two Thoughts with the um, now fired Flyers GM about how when Matt Niskanen retired yep. going into the COVID bubble, how that just threw off. Uh, uh, their plans for Provorov, Provorov's D partner. And D partners are really important, especially for guys that are still developing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he and Wierenski are both left shots. I doubt they'll play together. Um, but it'll be it'll be very interesting to see where Provorov goes. Um, I, I do think he's a high seller player, like uh, or a high basement, right? Like I think the worst he can be is like pretty solid. And with um, and with Philly retaining some of his salary, like him at five million, just about mm-hmm. for like what what they're actually paying him or foreign change, like that feels pretty good. Um, so I, I like that piece of it. Now with Severson, uh, he was a guy where it's just it, like New Jersey's just done such a good job of developing. Uh, that they just like they've got kids coming up that, yep. that basically just took his job and they they didn't have the um, cap space or really the desire. He was almost mm-hmm. like the Taylor Hall of of like like Taylor Hall was a luxury on the Bruins forward group. Uh, same way Severson was a luxury on the Devils back end, and now he's due for a contract. So they shipped him out and they got what like a third and I think a third. Yeah, so like you know it's it's kind of a win win. Um, so Severson will have a chance to play top four minutes and prove he can do it. And yeah. I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it, these are, these are some pretty crafty moves by Columbus mm-hmm. that I really like. Yeah. I think I'll go, uh, underrated a little bit and Columbus is trying to make a little bit of a push. We'll see if it actually, uh, comes to be, but you got to try, you got to try. Philly was not done with the dealing. They ended up dealing Kevin Hayes, the longtime Philly forward, is finally out of Philly. And it felt like it could potentially have happened at the deadline. It didn't. 
Uh, there had been talks about it kind of all going into the offseason. What is Hayes' future with this team? Daniel Briere, Keith Jones, unfortunately now, um, and I'm blanking on his name, Torts has to deal with a, a pretty much tear, tear it down and rebuild it, and that's what's happening with the Flyers. They're still looking to potentially deal. Um, what's the the young the forward there? Uh, Connect me. Connect me. He looks TBD. To be, TBD. It's been yeah. mixed. It's been mixed reports. They've been basically playing coy, um, not showing their cards, saying, "Hey, you know, they'll listen on Connect me." But so far, uh, they haven't heard anything they like. Mm-hmm. And so, what does St. Louis do? They send Philly a sixth rounder for Kevin Hayes. Yes, there's there's some money locked up there, but the fact is, I think this is a great deal for for St. Louis. Shipped out their captain O'Reilly and Tarasenko off the deadline, so it's a little bit of a. I think I don't think I would call it necessarily a rebuild for St. Louis, even though you might look at the roster and say yes, it is. But I think what they're saying, Bill Armstrong is saying, is it's more of a retool for this this Blues roster, and and that's kind of what we're seeing here. As as you're adding, obviously, uh, a very talented Kevin Hayes when healthy. Obviously, he has had his issues of staying healthy, but uh, I think uh, this is a, a great deal for the the uh, Blue uh, the Blues, and and Philly only receiving a sixth. Was surprising, but I think Philly was ready to just get rid of it. Sal- salary dump, salary dump. It's, it's kind of a similar situation as as I keep going back to the Hall deal. But like th- this is kind of a big mm-hmm. trend that's going on right now. Yes, um, salary cap in the league hasn't gone up a ton. The owners are still crying poor over the COVID everything. Uh, I think next year there's expected to be a meaningful bump, mm-hmm. um, and so you know Philly doesn't care, um, and they want the money off the books to be more flexible. Yep. And um, St. Louis gets a like legitimate second or third line center. I think a very high end third line center, and I think a potentially like a, a very solid, strong second line center. Kevin Hayes, I've talked about on the pod over the course of you know this, this year. Um, you know, he's a guy that originally I really didn't like. I saw a lot of him at BC. Um, and I just, I, I didn't love him. I, he's a little soft. He's like, he doesn't really, you know, he's, he's just, he's not a rusty player. He's far from a termite. But, um, when he found his, as he kind of found his game across a couple of his stops, New York, Winnipeg, um, then Philly, you know, there were moments where he was really good, really valuable playing power play, playing penalty kill, um, and playing a strong 200 foot game. And he just totally, this was a bad year for him. I mean, for right, he lost his brother. He's dealing with a lot of personal things. So, um, and then he's got torts yelling at him and scratching him, and like that was just kind of a shitty situation. But um, from all reports, St. Louis is a great place to play hockey. Mm-hmm. It's a good organization, good leadership. They still have Baruby. Um, I think there's still a good amount of um, of I think just like strength of purpose in their organization, and that should be good for Hayes. So it, it's kind of you know I, I keep saying it's similar to this, it's similar to that, but. It, it, it's. It, I think it's a good upside for for St. Louis, and if that doesn't work out, you know there are a number of other reasons to point to why St. Louis might not make the playoffs next year. But this is a reason why they might if it if it goes well. Yep. Well, he had a tough year and he put up points. He he, he did put up points in a very tough situation. It's true. It's true. And, and who knows what was going on behind the scenes there? But he was playing third line. They weren't playing him on the power play. Like, or on and off he was. Like it was just a tumultuous year, and he still put up points. So. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Like, I think everyone knows it was a tough year. Points points matter. It's true. It's true. No question about it. No question about it. And what did New Jersey do? They kept adding. They kept adding, and they added Tyler Toffoli from Calgary. And, man, it, it's probably the hardest team to be a fan of right now in the league in being Calgary, even probably harder than being Arizona. And that fact that you're just seeing all your players want out. And that is, that's kind of what happened with Toffoli. He told the team he was not going to resign. They realized that. They dealt him. They dealt him to New Jersey. 
Calgary receives Sharon Govich for a third and a third rounder, and I think in this year's draft for Toffoli, and uh, you add another scoring uh, talented forward to this New Jersey roster that just seemingly is getting better and better as as we uh, we saw this uh, postseason. What do we got on Toffoli going to New Jersey? So Toffoli to New Jersey, I love it for New Jersey. I think Toffoli is exactly what they need. It's another team, right? Toffoli is not the most fleet of foot, but what is, he's, he's a playoff experienced. Um, tough player uh, can play both special teams um, and he's like a perfect kind of glue guy you know, I think him and Palat have a lot in common and now they've got two of them to, to kind of bounce around their top nine um, and I just I love it for New Jersey New Jersey's looking great um, and, and that's all that on the Calgary front right all these guys asking out of Calgary it's like, you know, a lot of teams around the league are kind of licking their chops. And I, obviously I'm wearing my Bruins fan hat. And I, I look at these guys that they have, and I know the Bruins have always clamored for Noah Hannafin. Um, they've always wanted him. I'm significantly less enamored. I, 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 don't love, um, I don't love what it would take to get Hannafin. Um, but, you know, he, he could be the guy that major moves end up putting in Boston. But, you know, a guy that I sneaky love on Calgary, and I'll say two things right now. So it's, it's Chris Tanev. Chris Tanev's the guy that, that I, I want as a Bruins fan. He's only got one more year left. He's coming in at about four or five million. I open up Cap Friendly, and I start doing my armchair GM. I got Cap Friendly open, all these tabs, all these teams, going to their trade generator. I start poking around. I suck and blow at these, like, at just figuring out who's available, what the term is, how to swap salaries, how to make it work, all the math. Like, I need a team, and I need whiteboards, and I need, like, other people to present all the possible options because I can't figure it out, and my brain exploded when I tried it. Second item, and this is probably more relevant and a bigger disclaimer for the off-season pods that we might put out. This Bruins season, I, I, my brain is broken about how to build a team. I don't know where to start. I don't, like, you know, building one from scratch, sure. But building one with the pieces left and, like, like with, with, with Boston's landscape, it just, it makes no sense to me. Like, I want the team to be worse because being too good is, was a problem last year. So, it's like, it's just, my brain is very broken about, um, about that side of things. And there's a lot of appealing guys on Calgary um, like Blake Coleman is on a bad contract, but he's exactly the kind of guy that I want in Boston. I want more of these like gritty, you know, rusty Colton types. Um, you know, I, I want more of those like Tampa second and third line guys. And I want to have a worse team that wins less games that has to play harder to make the playoffs. Um, that can be a little dangerous and maybe get hot. And I just want to be that kind of a scrappy team for, you know, as long as it takes to uh, punch those lottery tickets and try to try try to win a cup. So uh, my head's broken on building a champion. Um, I'm very just uh, I'm done like thinking about like what the Bruins need and how to do it. Um, and I'm not going to turn this to fully trade into a, what are the Bruins going to do in their offseason. But I've been an absolute menace on Bruins Twitter. And shout out to Ty Anderson, who's a good dude and actually always replies. Um, he's putting out some ideas. We don't we don't see eye to eye on, on players often, but he's always respectful and he provides thoughtful feedback and he plays the game and I, I really appreciate that Twitter back and forth, Ty. Uh, I know you're listening. Shout out Ty. Shout out Ty. Yeah. Alex, what do you got on Toffoli going to New Jersey? He's not listening. I just think uh one can I dream. think I think Toffoli is a better version of Sharon Govich for this team. To me, Sharon Govich was he like kind of epitomized the, the Devils last year, like solid. You know, and they were solid, and they had Jack Hughes and Brad scoring sometimes, but they didn't have enough, like, scoring. Toffoli's got a shot on him. Um, and I think in a lot of ways he's solid. He can also score. 
uh, and I think scoring carries a bit more of the load for him in terms of his overall value, and that's what they need. Uh, and Toffoli's a guy who scored big goals, you know? Like, I, I like Toffoli. And he's won a ring with L.A. I know, no, and he was I mean, good. He, he was, was great in that great. playoffs. Oh, he's young, but he was yeah. great. But he was great because he can score, though, and, like, yeah. Sharon Govich was never going to score. Like, that, that's not his game. He might have tapped one in somehow, you know? But, like, I just think it's a great swap for New Jersey. Good on them. You know, when you have something good, oftentimes – Teams look to shake everything up. Sometimes it's one or two pieces. And, and, and Sharon Govich is another guy where Jersey's got plenty of Sharon Goviches. Yeah. Right? Like they've got the they have a ton of them, yeah. scoring. Like, and um, I, I like the Pilat comparison. I just think he's got a better shot than Pilat. Like I think he's yeah. yeah. got goal scoring carries a bit more where Pilat's a little. Mm-hmm. Maybe better little, defensively. Better defensively, yeah. better oh, yeah. playmaker. Toffoli's a, sh- a finisher. I think he's a guy who can have that kind of. And it's obviously a lofty expectation. It's hard to expect anyone second third liner to make this but like a barbershop you and, know like and, and, you could have that type of playoffs i see like different style of play but i see like key barbershop had key, like the full upside but, of, but, of but, his role but also like key playoff ingredient you mean key playoff ingredient with goals too and when we watch goals. and we watch jersey this postseason right they had that huge learning curve early with new with new york and then they got taught more lessons by carolina um, and so I, I love what they're doing. I, I love what they're doing as an organization. I think Jersey's Jersey's the team to really keep an eye on. Don't overreact. Team to beat, to honestly, at this point, in my opinion. But what can you do? What can you do? You can only add. Alex, you'll be happy to hear because we can finally talk about the Detroit Red Wings. And what did they do? They went and acquired two NHL ready, Kaylor ya- uh, Yamamoto, Yakamoto, Yamamoto, Yamamoto, and Clem Costin, a guy who was excellent for the Oilers in their in their playoff run. Two NHL guys both played about 58 games for the Oilers this year. I think both of them were around in the 20-something. Maybe Clawson was in the 30 range, but I think they were both at around the 20-something point range. Um, Yamamoto, a guy that people were more interested in when uh, he kind of came in as as they were trying to build more pieces around McDavid. Uh, he was never really ended up being that fit. I think he was a line mate with McDavid for a few years. He, obviously, it's tough to stick with the best player in the world. And he struggled with it and, and found himself, I think, uh, towards the end of, of last year being scratched more often than not towards the end of the season. Uh, but Detroit, they bring in two ready uh, NHL uh, guys, and it's for future considerations. So who the hell knows what, what that could end up being. You know, it's Stevie Y, so he's probably going to win that one. But, Alex, how excited are you about this one? You know, I like it's for future considerations. So when you get two NHL players for future considerations, I mean, you're happy. And for a team like the Wings, they could use guys who – have played in the NHL, you know, and, and, and like, that's just the reality. They're not low like, bar, low bar. It, it, it is right now, but like, I, I think it's good. People are excited about Yamamoto being potentially some sort of playmaker on a third line. Yeah. And I bet he'll play on the third line this year and be an upgrade. So I'm happy about that. Clem Costin, a guy we loved in the mm-hmm. playoffs, uh, had some big goals and we just kind of generally like his physical play style termite. Um, my only concern is he's not a lock to be on the wings next year. And the reason is he's an RFA and, the rumor is if he doesn't get a contract, uh, he's going to go Clint. to Russia. Klim. Uh, so, so, and I don't, I don't think you get compensation if your RFA goes to Russia, but uh, I, I doubt they trade. I over. bet Stevie will find his way to some conditional. I, I, pick I, I think they'll probably get. I, I think they, I, they like him, and it's kind of the sandpaper they need. So, um, I think he'll end up on the roster. But yeah, I like the move. I mean, I think this is two players who are going to come in and play, and. Uh, be good for the young guys, guys so, who have been around top end talent. Like I, 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 for future considerations, this is a hard trade to lose. Mm-hmm. 
I, I like Yamamoto. He's a scrappy player, totally undersized, but he's got good skill, and he definitely has got, like, motor and effort, and, like, that's never an issue. Gets pushed around a little bit, but, you know, you're going to get that when you're that size and you're supposed to have that upside, et cetera. Um, thing with him was, you know, he, he, he went from being a promising, you know, solid player that could move up and down kind of your top nine to being on a bad contract. And that happened kind of overnight as his production dropped off and he signed his new ticket and it just, things didn't work out. Um, so obviously Detroit, right? You're not really, really a cap close team this moment. So like you said, arm, right? You could use the NHL players. I just want to take this moment to call out the fact that Detroit's way behind Ottawa and, um, and way behind Buffalo. They're, they're, they're rebuilding peers. They're, 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 they're way behind and they're taking a longer approach. And Eiserman's been very clear about that. And I'm, I'm just like this whole Iser plan narrative and, and talking point, um, I'm just saying it, that would not be cutting it in a lot of markets, but Hey, you know, Detroit, that's uh, that's perfectly okay there. Cause it's Stevie Y and everybody just gets lost in his eyes. I think now quickly just to, to add on it. I think Ottawa shifts with Detroit. If the break, it gets traded. They do. But also the other thing is like Buffalo's ahead of us because they, they got, they lucked into Eichel and Eichel brought them a shit ton of talent back. Fair. Um, and that's just, that's something you get when you get a top three pick or top two pick Detroit has not gotten that. Um, so I think yeah, but like cider's an equivalent. I mean, I cider like, was the sixth pick. I know a guy I, you're not I, supposed I, to get in credit credit and everybody was raising eyebrows when they picked him at six, but he's not Jack. Eichel. You do a redraft. Uh, Cider's too. I think Jack C- Hughes. I think cider might have a better career than Jack Eichel when it's all said and done. Yeah, potentially. But I, I, I'm just saying like the, the reason people are still on the Iser plan is because he has not. He hasn't had really a bad draft pick. He hasn't. He hasn't um, had any big misses yet either. He hasn't had any big misses, and he's got unlucky. He and hasn't. It's fucking he hasn't, Detroit. It's I mean, patience. nothing against patience. Detroit. It, I think the patience is is an all time high over in the Motor. Well, City. it is. He was given nothing, and and he's drafted well. And a lot of these guys are close to coming up and are mm-hmm. starting to come up. And you're seeing them play well in the NHL. It's the question is, can they put in goals? And they, he hasn't drafted anyone again this year. He didn't draft anyone who could score goals, yep. uh, which is a big concern. But again. You expect when you have that prospect pool, eventually you make that PLD trade, right? Like, and Raymond, there's a big Raymond, trade that's going to have to come. Raymond's got to figure it out. Yeah, Raymond regressed in his second yeah, year, yeah. and that, that's a problem. But also, I mean, they if they worst record in the league, they got the fourth pick, they could be sitting with Tim Stutzla. <laughs> coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Because they had no cider who, who okay, I mean, okay, you know, okay. yeah. they just could it, have a few German sensations. My, my last point on that one is Costin is a guy that I was like, the, the exact type of guy I wanted the Bruins to, to, to come in because he had low money playing that role. And I had sort of my dream scenario of shipping Linus Olmark just right off the stage winning his Vezina to uh, Edmonton, who sorely needs a good goalie that's worthwhile um, for pieces like Clem Costin um, and Warren Fogel and um, lesser guys that, again, it's that salary play train, trading a horse for ponies. And uh, like we have a saying in Boston, it was – Fire him off the duck boat, right? It was like, it was like, it was like, I think it went back to uh, maybe John Farrell when the Sox won that, won that uh, World Series in 18. And it was like, I'm ready to fire him off the duck boat. Um, But I'm ready to fire Linus Olmark right off the stage, accepting his Vezina trophy. Um, Not because he's a bad guy, but just because his value will never be higher. And this is what I got into it with Ty Anderson on Twitter about, which is like, you know, all this complaint, like, how can you move Olmark when you're not getting value? We're not getting value. And like, I'm sitting around saying, okay, how many teams feel like they're a goalie away? How is there not value to be had out there? Like somebody tell me, somebody tell me what the market for Linus Olmark is. Tell me what that market is because 
Um, Swayman's an RFA, and he's going to need a contract. He's going to come in probably north of four, probably just south of five. Um, and so you need to kind of figure figure out that goalie cap situation. We've got this kid coming up from the AHL named Bussy, um, who's young, unheralded, undrafted, but has had nothing but success since leaving Western Michigan. Um, and so I, my hot take on that one was I'm ready to trade both goalies. Like I get it. I think it. I think fuck Boston it. is in a bind right now, <laughs> and in the bind is Connor Hellebuck. Yep. Uh, Old Mark's not getting traded. In, in, in other words, in other words, Hellbuck will establish the market. And Hellbuck's getting traded. Everyone's in on Hellbuck. Yeah. And Old Mark will be the second option. Last point on this trade, and it's something I'm actually excited about to watch next year. We know about Yamamoto and Clem Costin because they play on the Oilers and they play with this top end talent. And there's always one of those guys who leaks onto the top line because they try to switch up the lines. We're going to get to learn some new role players next year. Because they're going to be playing with Edmonton. And it's always – these guys have been there forever, and they have been underwhelming. I'm excited to see who that next wave of rando that comes in and, and plays is. Because we'll know them. We'll know them. They'll be playing on Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Somebody will play with McDavid for 20 games, you know? I'm hopeful for you. I'm not as excited for you, but I'm hopeful for you. I think I'm more excited about who who I'm going to learn about on Edmonton than I am about Yamamoto and Clint Costin. I like them. Like, I like the trade, but, like, Fair. I'm not, like – Super excited about it. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Moving on to the pending F, uh, free agents. And uh, first, we're going to cover a few extensions. Obviously, we talked a little bit about PLD getting his eight year, eight and a half mil ticket. But Ivan Barbashev, a guy who was so freaking good for the Vegas Golden Knights, he earned his deal. He earned five years, $25 million. I think it's, we were talking a little front loaded, it sounded like, but the fact is, he got his ticket. He seemed to love where he was. He won a cup in St. Louis, and he's given himself a chance to win many more in Vegas as a staple of, of a guy that he is just – he's a – I don't know. I, I think he, he's a guy that you just – he's a model player of what teams are going to try and build and find, and I think he could be your potential, uh, like your Tom Wilson potentially, of, of this yeah, Vegas team calm. because I think uh, uh, he kind of brings a lot. He brings a little – probably a little bit more, honestly, to – the yeah. skill aspect than than Tom Wilson probably does, but uh, both both tough grinders. Tom Wilson and, can fill it up. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about it. What do you got on uh, Barbashev getting five years, twenty five mil? Good for him. I think it's a good deal. I think he earned five to ten in the playoffs. Yep. Rusty. Overall, like I, I think he's a three to four player yep. before the playoffs. Now he's a five. Absolutely. So good for him. That's what you do in the playoffs. You earn your money. Rusty, what do you got on uh, Barbashev getting five years, twenty five mil? He earned it. I think the rap on Russians is they usually take the highest bidder. He did not. I think he could have found more money on the open market. 5-5 five, five is a good, fair deal. I think that's about what his playing style is worth in the NHL. He could have got overpaid. He could have become on a bad contract. Feels like he's on a fair deal. Love it for all sides. Mm-hmm. And to Arm's point, well-earned and well-deserved. And um, yep. uh, he's he's been... He's been a favorite player of mine since I had to watch him as a St. Louis Blue. Defeat your Boston Bruins. Thanks. Yeah, I just got to, you know, I'm here for that. I'm here for reminders. Um, we talked to PD, PLD. Uh, moving on to New Jersey. New Jersey was active in the free agent market because the next three are going to New Jersey. Timo Meyer, after the big uh, trade from San Jose, he is staying. He made it clear to his free, uh, his, his, uh, his agent that he wanted to be in New Jersey he wants to be there for the long term. Well, I heard he made it clear to his to his agent that he wanted eight years. That's what I heard. He wanted he wanted eight years that. the max term. It wouldn't shock me, but I I, did, I thought I did hear that he wanted to stay in New Jersey. He knew what they were building there. He saw it. 
Um, he's a guy that have we've seen has all the, the ability to score. He kind of he got a little quiet. Obviously, got roughed up uh, a bit by by Truba towards the end of that Rangers series. But I think he responded. I think he responded well from that hit. He was able to 100%. finally finally find the back of the net in the Carolina series and in a little bit in the uh, in the conference final. But Timo Meyer, he, he's out of out of the West Coast. He's into the East Coast, and he's there for eight years for eight point eight. And not the conference final. Jersey didn't make the conference final. The division Correct. final. But um, big deal. And, dude, Jersey, they're rolling. Wait, Ross, wait. Jersey okay. was absolutely in the conference final. Okay, Jack. Was it? Okay. You want to just rewrite history and pretend that Carolina Hurricanes didn't lose to the Florida Panthers in the conference oh, final? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep, 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 okay. yep, 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 yep. No. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're oh, right, you're right, you're right. Those are two important words that you should get used to. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fuck off. It's been a long one. Um, apologies, listeners. So I, that's, that's I, have a, I have a hot take on this one. I don't think it should be a hot take. I don't, I don't like the deal at all. I think you got to keep him. You traded for him, and he seems to be a good fit. I love his game. When he's on, he's fantastic. If, if you were to show me a highlight film and say, is he worth 8.8, I'd say, yeah. Um, what I don't like is I don't think the numbers match. I just don't. I, I think he's a 65-point player who may be on Jersey if he's playing with Hughes, top power play, maybe a point a game. I think he's a 40-40 guy. I just do. But he hasn't been is my is my problem. He hasn't been, and he's getting paid like it. Well, he, so you're well, banking on him being 40-40, though, at 8.8. He has before. He's been at, One time. Yeah. One time, and he's a 60-point player the rest of his career. Yeah. That And I get it, San Jose, but he was on some good San Jose teams. Maybe he wasn't playing top power play. Um I I want him to be good because I like his play style. I like how physical he is. I like that he took he got a shit kicking in the playoffs because he was playing a strong game and he just got abused. Like they they were going after him and he got hit hard, epitomized by the Truba hit, of course. But it was before that. It was before that too. Um, I think he's got to he's got to put up numbers to to earn this deal. So I sorry, Jack, go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run here in a second. I think uh, what is nice about this New Jersey situation relative to San Jose is the fact is he's got so much around him now that it's sure. kind of impossible to fail, in my opinion, with you, when you're, you're potentially lined up with, with Hughes and Mercer or Brat or all these guys that they've never Exactly. Or Toffoli. I just I don't, I don't, don't see it as a failure. But uh, apologies, listeners. I, I'm on the road to the hockey rink. I follow the full faith in these two to, to close around down with some uh, with some remaining extensions and then the free agents that are that are pending we'll see you guys i'll see you listeners soon and boys we'll keep going the, the off-ice issues do not get to sif <laughs> but but arm the same way you feel about the meyer deal i feel about the brat extension um I, I i think i said it before i said don't sign this guy trade him trade him trade him trade him they're gonna lose they're gonna lose a dawson mercer they're gonna lose like they're gonna have some tough decisions to make when they need to re-sign luke hughes when they need to like cough up money for this young talent coming through. And I think they're going to be looking at Jesper Bratt, who, hey, maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he'll be, um, you know, a playoff standout. But I just, I don't like uh, the translation I saw of his game to the postseason. Small sample size, always room for growth. Jonathan Marcheseau, mildly comparable player. Um, obviously just won the con Smythe. So that's what I think. I, I, I like the Meyer deal. I hate the Bratt deal. I get it, and I think the fact that we both feel kind of similar ways about those two deals, and obviously flip-flopped. Um, well, I, I'm kind of with you on the Brat deal, too. I think eight years for Jesper Brat is too much, especially from what we saw in the playoffs. Um, 
it's a it's out of all the right things going for New Jersey, and you should be excited if you're a Devils fan for sure. I'm not trying to dumb it down, but those are concerning contracts, especially with the talent coming up. Um, also, just side note, which is a little disappointing to me, Quinn Hughes, I was hoping would come just because trio of brothers would be fun. It's not going to happen. Now. That would be the most annoying storyline. I'm glad. That I know you're glad, gone. but it's not going to happen now. I don't know how they make it. They have to trade one of those two. He's happy in Vancouver. He's making good money. and like He wasn't fine. happy Luke went to New Jersey. <laughs> I saw that draft video. <laughs> he was very jealous. <laughs> but anyways. I mean, anyways. who wouldn't be? But yeah. Yeah, I get it. All right, what are we on to next? Hall of Famer, three years, three mil. You oh, happy about that? The Hall of Famer. You know, as soon as I saw that deal, you know, the first thought I had was, Arm, what? 0% chance he stays in one place for all three years. <laughs> 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 like, I think I think it's a fine deal for next season. Um, we obviously saw, like, the game that, that Howla brings. Um, he's scrappy, 200 foot. He can move up and down uh, the lineup. And, um, you know, he just he, – he, he works hard. He's got – some like he's got like enough talent to, to hang around um, that number. It's a little high. The term isn't super long. And I think the, the way that he is, <laughs> he's obviously very movable. Um, so I, I, I think it's a fine deal. Um, and I think, you know, he plays an important role for them, bringing stability to center ice. So I, I think that it's, it's an important deal for them, but also I do expect him to get moved before that contract. Yeah, I agree. And it's three mil. You can move it. For an NHL player, you can move three mil to somebody. Like look at look at Clem, uh, Yamamoto. I think that is like the type of deal, right? Uh, they I think prob- Yamamoto's in the fives, threes. You sure? He's three point one. Okay, but three point one, they had to give up Clem Cost, and I, I assume who was a pending RFA who might go back to Russia that they have to pay. So it was like they didn't really give up anything to get rid of him. Um, all right, we're on to free agents. Oh, actually, I have one last point. Timo Meyer. I would much prefer to have Barbashev at five than Timo at 8.8. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Yeah. And I think in the playoffs, they might be closer to equal. Barbashev might. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I, they're I both yeah. closer to seven than they are to the contract in the playoffs. Well, what we saw from Barbashev, but he's, I mean. He's Possibly. Yep. Poss- no, no, no. I, I, I think that's an interesting juxtaposition. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with that overall view of it but the like keep the guy you traded for i i don't hate the deal i'm just saying i think it might be an overpay i could also see timo meyer taking a leap i mean the dude is a hoss. I, I agree he is an absolute uh, when i say i love the highlight tape and i love the game i do yeah. and it's why i don't fully hate the contract right now i think it's an overpay just because like when i see a player who plays that well and i don't see the numbers i wonder am i a highlight tape watching and not fully am i one game watching when he scored two Am I not fully seeing the game? You, you don't really know until – because sometimes they just break out and they're there, um, and, and you got them. And it's easy to justify that in Jersey because they don't have old bad contracts at all. Like all their money is tied exactly. to the young guys. You have Jack Hughes on a sweetheart deal for the next like five years plus, which is huge, gives them huge flexibility. Um, and uh, so, so I, I, you know, it's, I think a lot of other teams, that would be a much more contentious type of deal. Exactly. I think in Jersey, it's a lot easier to stomach because of the situation they're in from a youth standpoint. 100% agree. Roster. And the only – yeah, my, my kickback is I think there's a lot better $7 million deals out there. You know, like a Matt Boldy or something. Like, I'd rather have – you know, like, but those are the type of deals that I prefer. Like, when I look at the deal alone, I'm like, oh, that would be better. But for the team, keep Timo Meyer. But there's also an apples and oranges when you throw out names like Boldy, too. I think that's why Barbo's a better one because – 
the boldy thing, right? They, it was a prediction. It, it, thank you. Completely a prediction. Which I think Timo Meyer is too, but more established. True. And more matured and like and like He's ready to go. He's in his prime. Nailed it. Okay. All right, free agents. I think we're <laughs> both pick three that we're excited to see. We got we got like now that, not, not, not that the parents are gone, we, we we might be able to go more than three. <laughs> okay, should we should we just go do you, should we give our three and then maybe we talk about some extras? Because yes, I want to hear your yes, three. Yes. I'll let yes. you go. You pick first and then I'll go second and you might have to I might take one of you guys. So uh take your first pick and, um, and we'll talk about them. This is the greasiest like three I'm gonna chuck out there and I just I, I, I just wanna say right up front, I'm a dirtbag. Um, I look at this UFA list. I look at all the names out there. I look at all the players, and there are some compelling, interesting vets that are past their prime, but key guys that still have a lot to offer and are playoff-type players. you got your Ryan O'Reilly's. You've obviously got Orla, Bertuzzi, those kinds of guys coming up around 30, um, all, all within a year of 30 on either side. Um, those are like the big-ticket guys because of this post, uh, because of this free agent class. So I was just scrolling the list, and it is an absolute termite colony on the UFA list. So number one, it's a no-brainer. It's Miles Wood. I mean, the queen termite. <laughs> the queen termite is up for grabs. Um, the 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 question about Miles is how much is he worth right now? Realistically, taking all of our jokes and admiration aside, um, a guy that can rarely stay healthy. Um, over his career, I looked at he, his average season is about 16 goals, which I think is valuable when you look oh, yeah. at that third line and all the things we've talked about admiring amongst a, a true termite queen um, colony leader like him. But my big ones, oh my god, I have like seven names here. No, no, you um, just got we're doing one at a time. Right. I get to go second. Okay, all so right. You right. Got so Miles. I'm obviously, leading off with Miles, I, I would I would have to I would have to suboku myself on on I on know, air, been on bad air if, if I didn't. So do you have a landing spot for him that you'd like anywhere? Oh, Bruins, Boston for two. Two, two, yeah. One two, year, two million. Two by two. Two, two years, by two. Two years. In case he hits that four. Two years, no more than two and a half million. Yeah, because if he hits that $4 million player where he pots 16 and 16, you know, you love him. I like the pick. Yeah, I, I, somebody's going to take a flyer on him. He's too big, too fast, has scored 16 goals a couple times, you know. Like, yeah, that's that's enough. But 16 is his average. If you yeah, look at yeah, all his so, teams playing goals. So, that, so it's, it's, something to, it's something to make up. Somebody's going to bite. Um, and we obviously think they should. Like health is the big issue with Miles, right? It, it's it's health and and yeah, <laughs> I'd say maturity, like uh, like not taking bad penalties, but he kind of is what he is. At this he point. is what he is. The, the question will be like, and I think the interesting point is it a rebuilding team? I think is more likely, or a contending team that's looking for a depth piece. Uh, I'm interested to see where he goes on that front, or who's even interested. I want him on a contending team. Totally right. Like I but think I we could all see, a, but I could see a bad team signing him, him playing like. Sneaky big minutes and having a twenty-plus goal season. Yeah, third line or penalty killer type thing. Maybe second unit of power play in front of the net, something like that. Exactly. Um, yeah, like the pick. My first pick, I gotta go. You, you probably already guessed it, Bertuzzi. Um, I think probably one of the most tantalizing free agents. Um, I think a lot of people will look at him as a Kachuk light, um, and I think he's warranted of that. You know, I, I, I just do. He's not Kachuk, but he's also not. A grinder. I think he's going to get around seven. Like I, I really do. Maybe even more. Like I, I think a, the league is looking for guys like this, and there's very few that have skill. So when everyone says Kachuk, like 
we talk about Ryan Leonard in the draft. If he go, becomes a Bertuzzi, I think people are happy. You know, like I think that's a successful pick. Yeah, I think um, he's a kind of a bigger, better skater than a Bertuzzi. But he uh, is, anyway, he anyway, is, but you know I, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that's the type of player they're looking for. Again, interested to see does he go get a payday? I'm sure he could get a payday in some place that isn't contending, or he could go. Uh, I have a feeling he wants to contend. I think he got that taste of playoff hockey, and he wants to play. Um, the only wild card team I think in here is Detroit because he. I, I think there's a chance he comes back. I doubt it. I doubt it. But they have the cap space. He likes Larkin a lot. They're they're very good friends. Uh, and it's a fit. It's 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 kind of what they need too. Even though they just traded him. So he's um, gonna he's gonna be 29 in February. Yeah. And the reason he's not on my list is because what you just described. It's a perfect storm for Tyler Bertuzzi's uh, free agent market. He's gonna capitalize. Bad free agent class. Everybody's looking for a Matthew Kachuk. He's coming off what was saved for a few boneheaded plays in his own end, an unreal playoff series for a Bruins team that needed to be dragged into the fight, and he he, he did that. Yeah. Um, I've given up on believing that he's going to play for the Bruins. I'm pretty sure he's played his last game in black and gold, which is heartbreaking. But I, I don't. I, I think he's going to sign a contract that's going to be a bad contract. I do. I agree. And if I was him at 29 – I would go for eight eight years. I'd go for the max money. Not to be eight, not eight million AAV. Eight years, right? So even Take if that ends up being six and a half over eight years, I still think that'll be a pretty bad deal when he's thirty five. But also the caps are going up. Maybe that's the right play. But um, you know, maybe he could get seven and a half times five. But then he's going back to the market at thirty four. Um, you know, and it's like. You, that no guarantee. This is a so contract. when you add the years, it's like you're banking that money and like like for his own like financial future. Like take the money, take the years. I, I say take the term. I, I take the total. What about right. the total? Right, you know? right. Take the total because this is your contract. This is your this is ninety percent of your money right here. There couldn't um, be a better scenario for him to get paid than right. It, now. So so honestly, he, he needs some of that Nick Foligno uh, uh, magic money. magic dust. He needs some Nick yeah. Foligno magic dust. And it's he's honestly, got it. I mean, it's making me think he's going to sign with like. I know we just talked about him, so top of mind, but like a Columbus, right? Columbus, Maybe. why not go go play second line there? They can probably toss some money out there. So, right, he is he is the opposite playing style of everybody else that they have. But they, they might want really some more, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. to balance it they out. They get Provorov in there. You I know, like they're that. trying to change it up. I like that. Um, and potent, they could sell him on maybe we're in the playoffs. You know. And yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the plan there is to be in the playoffs, you know, yeah. not next year, but this probably year. the following or the, or the following. Maybe even this this no, coming. You never know. They got, they got top-line talent to do it. But I think he's interesting. The, my one talking point on him is uh, does – well, not my one, but one of them is uh, does he get paid more than Kalorn? And I think that's a very interesting debate, who gets paid more, because Kalorn was thought of as that guy that was going to be that one free agent. Bertuzzi, I think, in general vibes, is a little higher than him right now. And I think part of that is because – People, I think a lot of people expect him to stay with Detroit, re-sign with Detroit before this year. Then he was obviously banged up, didn't have a season, they traded him. So now there's kind of a who knows what's going to happen. The killer's four years older than him. Yeah, different deal. Complete, significant difference. Yeah. okay. Good um, significant difference. So, um, okay. Um, so now I'm, I'm, I'm up again. We're just going back and forth. Or do you get two in a row? We go no, snake we're going up. Where you go? I want to get greasy, and I want to talk about guys that nobody cares about, but I'm, I'm going to keep it above board. Max Domi. Uh, Max Domi. No bigger fan, no bigger flip-flop uh, of an opinion on a player than me on Max Domi this postseason. 
I want Max Domi. I want Max Domi. I want Max Domi. Do I want him in Boston? Yeah. Do I think that's going to happen and that's doable and that they've got the money to make it happen and sign him as a free agent? No. Um, but, uh, I, you know, if I was a fan of any team, I would welcome Max Domi coming to my team for um, anything less than $5 million AAV. I think it'll be a five. Five to six, right? Put up points with the Hawks, which take it for what you will. Yeah, I think five. Yeah, I, 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 and I agree with that. I think he, less than five. No, to me, it's less. He's got to be. That's under what you five. want. Right? He's got to be like, under five for it to be a good deal, in my opinion. It'll be interesting to see what he gets. Do you value the Hawks' points, or do you value the Stars? Which I didn't think he was bad there, but he didn't put up the points. My my thing is screw the points. Like you want to have a playoff. You want to have a playoff winning team. You want to try to build a champion again. Yeah. My brain's broken. I don't know what builds a champion anymore. Screw yeah. points. Screw points. Uh, yeah, you need you need goals to win games to get to the playoffs. Which my, again, my brain's broken. This whole season, this whole season, totally just ruined my my like GM team building. Well, like, I think like, it flipped the whole NHL on its head. <sighs> so, I really do. I think there's a change of uh, strategy around the NHL because of this. Uh, yeah, but Max Max is my. I like it. I I think he screams a Western Canada signing, Canucks, Flames, or Jets. One of those teams. It just seems like the Flames in particular would sign him. I was thinking about Rick Tockett. Yeah, right. <laughs> like it just like you know how they always all three of those teams will get players and they kind of rotate these mid-level players. The Flames in particular and the Jets I guess they've but the Jets have had a more stable core. But you know the Flames are just always having a good player who can be traded and then they trade him and it's like oh they like Stiff talked about it earlier they're trading all their star players, but they still have all these really good players. Like they get good players back. Um and they just kind of cycle them and never really build anything sustainable. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Max Domi screams a Western Canada signing to me. So Max Domi's contract he's coming off of was 5.3. And I think he's due for less. Potentially. So yeah. I like I like him at 4.5. He's done okay on his contract so far. He you know He's had a couple of two-year deals since his entry level. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, it's not like he grew up not knowing where his next meal was going to come from. But uh, I think he's a guy that really – he just – he cares about – being on a winning team and having his name on the Stanley Cup. And I think that's that's all that really Agreed. matters to him. So I wonder if a winning team will pay for him. Yeah, I, I think he's going to sign with a winning team. I do. I do. Um, I may, yeah. may, maybe maybe Colorado? Yeah, that was kind of my first thought. I don't think so. That was It was a team that came to mind, though. Um, trying to think where else. But um, – who knows? It's too hard to forecast. And yeah. Like I said, I suck at this whole armchair GM. You could also go back to the Stars. I think that's a very like, – He'd be – yeah. yeah it's stars, a possi- totally possible. Yeah, the Stars have holes with yeah. his departure, so. I like it. Um, Who's yours? Yeah, next one for me, a guy, a guy I don't think any of us on the pod like, but I think seemingly will get a contract, like a pretty decent contract. Michael Bunting. Uh, young enough. Kind of feels that grinder second, third line role. Um, younger Kaloran who d- hasn't proven it, you know, but like similar profile. See, I think he's a similar. I think he, I, if, you know, if Kachuk is the, is a ten, right? Yeah. Kachuk is a ten out of on a on a Kachuk scale, right? Yeah. Kachuk's a ten. Tyler Bertuzzi is somewhere between a six and a seven. I think he's two thirds. I think he's you know right yeah. there. And Bunting is like four out of ten. I think that's a good comp. I, I, but I think it's that same kind of scrappy, weird skill. Like asshole to play against, like emotional, um, and where those other guys, Bertuzzi and Kachuk, have meaningfully, I think, more skill and more value. Um, Bunting goes in the extreme direction on the more emotional, 
off, sometimes out of control. Obviously, his horrible reputation with referees and amongst his peers. Um, again, I believe his last name begins with a C. Um, that's just how I look at the player, and I just I think it makes my blood boil. Um, but that's kind of a testament to what he has. You built have for that himself. opinion about him. You know, like I'm, I'm passionate about it. That means he's doing something right. So yep. I, I want to be objective about it, and maybe, maybe just maybe he'll get over his like bullshit diving stuff and focus on you know the more um, just the the more flattering aspects of his game because it's not easy to put up the points that he put up, and he makes some good plays in and around the net. Yeah, and um, you know, I. I, I yeah, so I, I do hate him, but that's a testament to what he's done and how he plays. To me, I think he could have a uh, career. I, I don't think he's this good, but I also didn't think this guy was this good. Um, I think people could look at him similar to Zach Hyman. How Zach Hyman was that, like a bunting in Toronto, a little different opinions on him because I don't think he was as like, I don't know, Zach Hyman or uh, Buntingy. You know, Bunting is just more of like Dude, a fucking pain in the ass. But he these w- are all these are all the same genre guy. Hyman Bunting, went, but Hyman Bunting, went and put up eighty points this year. Hyman, no, so I think five points. I think I know? think Hyman's Hyman's like an eight out of ten on the Kachuk scale. But he was. I don't think he was in Toronto. His last year he was. He was. He was but close. Like, but he was like close. you know what? It's like we didn't expect him to go do this amount of points in Edmonton. We didn't expect well, him to be PP one. Some did. I, the money they signed him to, I think it was known that he was going to be that front. Yeah, um, yeah. To be, I think, I think Hyman, Hyman might be the next best Kachuk in the league right now. Yeah, potentially. It's hard because, yeah, he's really good. He's really good. And he finishes. <sighs> yep. But I'm just interested to see where Bunting goes because a guy we don't like, but a guy who has value, a yeah, lot of value, really. And, and I, yeah. And with the Kachuk trend. But he's also he's also an undrafted guy, broken the league at an old age. Right, he won the Calder at 26, I think. Yeah. Um. So, but. but it's you know it's a credit to him, right? He's earned a chance to make some money. He's got to maximize this money for his own financial future because he came yeah. you know, he came up through the league from nothing, right? He didn't have those sweetheart deals. He was riding the bus in the A, like um, so. Yeah, I mean he's he's going to take the money and run. Maybe maybe back to Arizona, you know, maybe That's someplace not a bad like call, that. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to go to the highest bidder. Good for him. Who you got? God, I got a couple on here. Well, you can keep going. Like, you I, know, I know, I know, I know. We won't end it. Um, but I'll keep it a little bit more mainstream, like I promised, um, is Dumba. You know, Dumba. Uh, there's been talk about Dumba trades for, like, four straight years, it feels like. Um, he's obviously a guy with high upside. I think he'd be an elite number four defenseman. His ceiling is being a good three. Um, he's obviously like not a bottom pairing guy. Sometimes like, you know, his game falls a little bit and it's, um, not ideal, but I I think the challenge there is getting him onto a fair contract so that, you know, a team can really appreciate him. And I don't know. I, I can't think of possible landing places, um, for Dumba specifically. I know it's not Boston. Um, just doesn't really fit a need until there are major changes. Um, and yeah, I'd like him uh, if you know you could just scrap things, and if I could just push and pull contracts around. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think that really fits. So I don't know where he's going to go, but he's a player I'm very intrigued to see where he lands. And here's the better question: Is what what's Dumba worth? He's worth more than the player himself. And the reason why, and this is something that no, 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 you mean he will get signed for more than he's worth. But he also may be worth more than that. 
and this is a confused no, no no listen to me listen like i'm gonna explain this to you okay because this is something that my eyes were open to because by all means and i'm go- this is back to the wings but this is how i learned about it when Hironic got traded a guy who was a second liner a fourth a fourth defenseman on a like a fourth or fifth defenseman really um who was playing like a fourth defenseman this year other than that brutal uh, hit that he took um that is. He got a first, a second, and a third back for him. and uh, Or a first and a second, I think. And I was like, that's way too much. Like, Why would you trade that? And I think it was 32 Thoughts who explained this, and they're like, look, there are not that many righty defensemen in the league. Like, There's just a massive shortage. And a lot of teams are looking at their defensive core and say, we don't have a second right-handed shot on defense. <coughs> so when I say the player himself – Let's say he's worth five. Let's say the player himself is worth five. The value of him, because there's a scarcity of him, is worth maybe six. Um, and it's where a team like the Bruins, with two good, solid right-handed shot defensemen, to where they don't need a Dumba, I think are going to be priced out. Who are the two good, solid right-shot defensemen on the Bruins? McAvoy and Carlo. I, I, I know I you don't like Carlo, Carlo, but Carlo's... I hate Carlo. I, I get you hate him, but Boom, like he's, boom, done. Trade Carlo, sign Dumba. I'm there. It, and I think you could do that. I think Carlo would actually have a surprise amount of value if this theory is ring true. I, so that's a big part of my, you know, off-season armchair GM thing. Is Carlo, who was – yeah, he was, like, maybe the, maybe the best-performing Bruin in that disaster series. Um, he's a really valuable player. He's a good penalty killer, but he's got a concussion history. He doesn't play his size. He's not mean enough, and th- that will never change. And the concussion history piece, it's not a knock on him, the person, the player, anything. Yeah. It's just a fact. Yeah. And so he's on a like four, four, one, two, four, two, four, somewhere between four and four, two, five um, for the next few years. He's got term. And that's a good number to have this guy locked in on. He's still young. He's something like 24, 25. So you get paid more on the open market. He's got a lot of value out there. But also, he's got a lot of value on the roster. He kills. He's like their leading guy in ice time since, since you know, like real Chara left. Um, and he's like, that's a big hole in your lineup to fill. And asking Matt Dumba to fill it is definitely risky but i'm just i'm in like i'm in just like a fuck it mode like carlo feels it. like a lot safer dumba feels a lot riskier fuck it i want to gamble i want to fucking gamble but dumba's also a guy who i think can eat minutes he can play penalty kill he's got edge in his game totally um totally. i like dumba he's, a lot D- dumba is kind of like mcavoy light yeah same kind like, of like pretty light but same, like, <laughs> yeah. so like like if, if mcavoy is a 10 on the mcavoy scale dumba's like a five yeah and literally mcavoy's making 10 yeah, so I think Dumba's he's, worth about five. I, I think Dumba gets five and a half on like four years. He gets a good deal. Yeah. I think he's going to get a good deal because he's he's a valuable player and he also showed in the playoffs. Like people saw that. I'm going to put the number, the Dumba number, five two five or below. I want him on the Bruins. Yeah, I like that with a Carlo trade. I think if you get him for five, it's a good deal. Like I, I, I just do. Oh, and I forgot. I, I mentioned Dumba. I forgot the guy that I really want to talk about. But you go. Yeah, all right. All right. Now, now it's yours. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. So. There's a couple guys. There's a couple of these defensemen who have been valued out of the league. And I'm talking about OEL, Klingberg, and Gostisbehere. Like just like just like you know they're gonna end up on a shit power play. They're gonna be power play one for a shit team. That's probably gonna happen. Uh, the guy I want. Well, there's. Yeah, the guy I want to talk about is. Uh, and I know it's kind of annoying because like a lot of people will view him as like the number one free agent and he's certainly not that i think there's players at this point in their career with more value but patrick kane and the reason i got to talk about patrick kane is just there's a he's a hall of famer first ballot and he's an interesting topic whenever like wherever he goes 
that team is going to be like, oh, we added Patrick Kane to the lineup, though. And he's got power play. Like, he's still going to be great on the power play. He's still one of the best passers in the game. He's still got silky smooth hands. Those things didn't go away. I want to see him on a team where he's sheltered, you know, where he where he isn't expected to play a 200-foot game that he, when he was good he was never expected to do. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just curious to see where Patrick Kane ends up, and I hope it's a good team because, like, then I can say, like, oh, you guys aren't built for the playoffs. You know, like, I can, I can, there's so many talking points with Patrick Kane. It's unbelievable. The, the, the spectrum of what he could be for a team is all over the place. Um, and I want to see him on a good team. I want, I want to see him be talked about. I want to see him in the playoffs. Um, and I, I, I would love to see him actually realize that, that top-end potential again. Maybe not top-end, but, like, top-end power play contributions, that scoring potential. I also want to see Sif get triggered when Patrick Kane, <laughs> when Patrick Kane has a big goal for another team. You know, oh my he God. saw that sexy goal. He had one of the most beautiful goals of the playoffs. I thought where he patiently went to the backhand and and just put it. It wasn't a roof job. It was just like middle of the net. But that's like the best goal scorers don't roof it. You know, uh, they just kind of find the net where it's there and it flutters in. I want to see him do that for another team. Dude, the Sif trigger factor makes Kane a very valid choice. And obviously, right, the guy's a legend. Um, he is. I'm thinking about possible landing spots for him, and I, 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 I have no idea. I'm <laughs> clueless. Like I really the Leafs, am. Like, the Leafs. Oh <laughs> no, that would be that would be, that would be the, the hockey world would blow up. Buffalo. Buffalo would be fun. That's man. what they talk See, about. Because that would be a lot of fun. Though. Like that's why I'm excited about that. That would be cool. Um, I don't think he would go play for Ottawa. I think that's off his list. What about like the stars? Or like a sneak? Like I, this is why like I don't know ooh, where he could go. Ooh, the lightning, but because I mean Pavelski's getting up there. But you have Pavelski, net front. You've got Jamie Ben, net adjacent. Then you've got, got hints, Robo, though. You got hints and Robo, and then you ha- you and you need Heskinen running that. Jamie so. Ben would be booted off. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's it, it. So I think that rules them out. Like he needs to be like a PP. Like who he, needs a half wall? But guy? the 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 role that he needs to fill is like second line producer and first line power play guy. Yeah, in third line minutes. Right without right. power play, you know, like he like the yeah. third line is good on that team. Yeah, third line needs to be good. But the other thing about Kane too is he's been banged up the last few years on horrible, horrible teams. And, like, a lot of these guys coming off surgery, right? He's 34 years old. Obviously, he's been in the NHL since he's 18, so that's an old 34. But, like, the, his style of play, who's to say he can't play another six years? Like, who's to say Patrick Kane can't can't play into his 40s? And and so it, it's it just further muddles it for me, thinking about where he could possibly land. Like, would Patrick Kane want to play in Carolina? That would be interesting. But, but the other thing is, is he willing to go take – a cheap ass contract, which he's is in position Carolina, to do. Is Carolina in a in a tough cap spot? No, but I don't think a good team wants to pay six mil for Patrick Kane on more than one year. I just don't. Maybe the six mil actually is underselling. I mean, this guy's nasty. Um, no, no, no. I don't think he gets more than six. I know, but like, if he said, "I'm going to take two, how why, many? Why he he won't he won't take he won't because he's made sixty five. Yeah, but he won't take he won't take less than five. I think that's crazy. I just I, I, I do too. But he could be on such a good team if he did. Like he could go to Vegas. Does Vegas need him? You don't. Patrick Kane is not a need. I don't, I don't think anyone's any contending team signing him as a need. 
Yeah. I think the, I think the the Rangers proved that. Well, they didn't need him either, but you know, <laughs> fucking Rangers. I have no clue where he'll go. I have no clue where he'll go, but I'm excited to see him because he is he's an icon of our generation, and uh, if he's put in the right situation, I think he can be impactful. So, yeah, I don't know the Rangers situation, but I, I think I think he might end up back in New York. It, it's totally possible. Yeah, like I, I think it would be a bad move. I think it would be a bad move. It's a fitting place for him to be, though. You know, Showtime broad. Totally. You know, MSG. I'm sure he wants to be back. Yeah. The question is, can they afford him? Like, do they want him as bad as, yeah. 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 Um, all right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I mean, so, so I mean, those are the big picks. But let me just share a couple of the other names that I have on here. Patrick Hornquist. How old is he? Old. <laughs> I think he's 36. Um, and and he, um, let's let's get the age. 36 years old. Um, the big issue with him is obviously his health, but also he's coming off of a five-plus million-dollar hit. So he's going to be a vet minimum guy. Yeah. And so I would love to see him on any contender at the vet minimum playing in that Corey Perry type of role. Fourth line, power play net front, um, like you know, 12, 12, 14 minutes a game. Um, I think he's got more to offer, and I just I love – you know that Chicklets you know anecdote about Lou Lamarillo sending Scott Gomez to the Bruce Springsteen concert? He says, Scotty – I want you to. I want you to look at his. I want you to see his work ethic. I feel the same way about having Pat Hornquist on the team. That guy, nobody has a better motor than Pat Hornquist. Yeah. The question is, can his body play more years in the NHL? I don't think he's getting more than one. He's, he's going to get a one-year deal. Um, but can he be that? You know, sort of Corey Perry role. I, I, the Corey Perry role makes me excited about it, and I think like there's some exciting teams. Like, I'd love to see him on Edmonton. I think that would be fun. Yeah. He'd play second power play. And if anything happens, still out there. anything happens to Hyman, right? He's, he's, he's Hyman there. insurance. Um, I like and they that. can play. They can play him ten minutes a game. Totally. 10, 12 minutes. To- game. I mean, he's going to have to. Well, gonna you know, they're going to ride the horses. There's only so many minutes in the game, right? So yeah, Connor yeah. And, and Leo are going to be out there. So, um, Horny, Horny's up there for me. Love it. Uh, do you want Great me to player. Keep, do you want me to keep ripping? Keep going, because uh, Hornquist was a good start. A guy I've always loved. Uh, I, I hated him in Nashville because you know you had to, but that's because he was good. So two guys that jump out to me, uh, one that I love, one that I don't love, but he is relevant and important. And it'll be really interesting to see what the free agent market has to say for these guys after the playoffs and everything. Radko. Yeah, Radko. I'm glad you mentioned him. I had a feeling. And Mark Stahl. Yeah. At age 38. He had one of the best playoffs of a guy. Like his playoff performance compared to his career the last four years I've never been more shocked and surprised than I was with how awesome and effective he was. Um, you know, having said that, he might have just emptied the bucket and he might just retire, and this this might have been yeah. his last. But that was also the, the most impressive Mark Stahl stretch, I think. Maybe his maybe whole career. That's or what since, I was going to say. I was going to say his career, and it's not the best he's been. Most impressive, given where he's at his career and what he did. Um, the red stripes taste like ass, don't a they? A couple got warm. Yeah. yeah well, they're, they're not, not warm now, but they got warm then. And I, mean, I know. No, they're ruined. They're, they're, not good. They're, they're not good. It's not. But you know what? We battle through. Don't heat up your red stripes. Keep them, <laughs> keep them cold, okay? Yeah. Red stripes, the brand. It's not, you know, what you should see as you lift it off of a boiling hot cement. Um, all right. So uh, what do you think Radco gets? I think he gets like two. Like I, I love Radko, but like realistically, like who's paying more than two for him? Because Radko got his shit kicked out of. Like Radko's hurt. Mm-hmm. He's, he's hurt he right now. He's gonna, camp. He probably will miss camp. 
if they're smart, he's not playing camp, and then you probably get him like a couple weeks into the season, or you get him at the start of the season, he's a little less healthy. You know, he just came off one of the most grueling playoff runs um, that we've really seen, that I've seen at least. Um, and Florida was great, but they, they they were throwing the body nonstop, and Radko was right in there. I just want to see what Radko's basically made over his career. Yeah, like, like what, what was his contract with Florida? That, that would be an interesting thing. Cause so he was, let's see, 900. So his last deal, so his last deal before this one, he made 335 that I think he signed with Philly. For how many years? Uh, 335, one, two, three, four years. Yeah, so I think he gets two. And then he was making two and a half the last three seasons with Florida. Yeah, so I think he gets two. I think you're I think you're about right there. Maybe All he right. gets three on a one year deal because people like Radko is a commodity. He's one of a kind. Um He is. That he is. I would love to see where he goes. Hopefully it's a good team. I could see him being on a bad team though. And then um the rest of my termites, unless you have more on Radko. No, I'm just interested to see where he goes. I, I, I honestly see him going to like a a Buffalo or like Ottawa or Detroit, like that level of rebuild. Maybe the Kings, but the Kings have too many good defensemen. You, you know what I mean? Like that, mid, yeah. like where Florida was when they got him. Yeah. And Florida was a little better, I think, but like no, they I became think, better I think with the Kings them. are a lot better now than Florida was this when past they got season. him. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, well, when they got him, they were on their way to Presence Trophy. And yeah. Everything. So. Um. All right. All right. Touche. Um, that'll be interesting. We're on the well, Radko. Obviously, we're Radko guys, so we, we're, we're going to watch where he goes. We're on the Radko <laughs> watch. Um, the other guy, Luke Lindenning. Yeah, I haven't been shy about my admiration for Luke Lindenning. I'm, I'm with you 100%. He's one of the best face-off guys in the league. And he's a grinder. He happens to play, you know, face-off get-off. But, um, yeah, he, it's another vet minimum it's guy. It's a cross-type game. I just, like, my wish list, honestly, like, I want the Bruins to basically – make big moves to clear cap and change like the fundamental makeup of their like real money, real hockey player guys, get rid of Hampus Lindholm, get rid of both goalies, get rid of Brandon Carlo, get rid of, um, get rid of uh, Jake DeBrusque and basically swap all those guys out for like similar player, better identity types. And then fill the rest of the roster in with like $900,000 veteran salaries on one year deals. I get it. And I also think DeBrusque and, I mean, I don't know how we got to talking about DeBrusque. I'm just <laughs> – I guess it's me pointing him out. Uh, I, I think a team could be fooled into thinking he's a physical player. I don't know about physical, but a team could be fooled into thinking he could be a 30-goal scorer. Um, he scored 25 but with before. a big body. He almost did. He's not big. He's 6'2"? No, he's not. No, he's, he's not? not? No, he's, okay. like, he's, like a, he's like a shade under six foot. So and he's a like, big shoulder And he's pads? like a buck 85. He you're, looks kind of big on the ice, though. I you're thought. thinking of Louis DeBrusque. You, you know, no, 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 no. I've seen Jake. Jake looks kind of big to me, but you are so much bigger than Jake. Um, well, you're well, that's hoss. not saying you're much. Hoss. That's <laughs> not saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, but like, like Jake DeBrusque's arms, like, look like all these draft picks. Like he looks like he okay, just so, okay. he looks like he just walked out of the draft combine at 18. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so um, whatever. That was my own. Like that was like my horny Bruins rant about guys like Glenn Denning. My last term, I have They might list. sign him. I think that's a very real signing there. Saku Melaninen. Yeah, you got to watch termites. He's probably going to end up in the K. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he's got an NHL contract waiting yeah, for him. Yeah. His, his agent's calling His teams. agent is hammering the phones. Yeah, he's not um. getting called. <laughs> Picks up the phone, just beep. That, that would be kind of a fun uh, 
little documentary, the line of free agency. Are you getting called or not? <laughs> are you getting called or are you calling? And is there a middle ground? <laughs> right, right. The callers and the callees. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was say, his agent better be picking up the phone and dialing. Um, but I obviously I love Saku and I, I, I went I went really premature on um, on my term I grade for him but I stand by it I, 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 I like what he brings um, so I mean th- those are the guys that really jump out to me do you like I, I'm looking at the list here and there are a lot of names that I I think are worth like just a minute or two each if we kind of go down it should we do that yeah I mean there's two guys we haven't talked about who are at the top of the list Tarasenko Ryan O'Reilly Orlov. Fucking Orlov. So the thing about Orlov is he's going to Orlov's take, probably the biggest deal. Orlov's, Orlov's in a position that's like a like this is his last shot at real money. He's, he's going to get he's, it. He's 31 years old. He played great with the Bruins after the deadline. And, you know, he didn't have a great series, but he had a statistically ridiculous series. Like he had a statistically – people will talk themselves into saying he had a good playoff. He is a playoff type player. Um, and We proved it with Washington. So he's no, got that to, back. Totally, yeah. totally. And, like, his numbers since – he was, like, a point-of-game defenseman for the Bruins in, like, the last great. 15, And the 20. shot was booming. Um, and, like, playing, like, weird half-wall PP2, he just, like – I, I I did very well on my Orlov point prop bets. Um, but he – I mean, he's not going to be back in Boston. He's going to – I think he's – He's too expensive. So he's 31. How many years? What's he getting? Five years? I think he's getting four between 25 and 30. So just break that down. AAV, seven? Six to seven. Because his previous deal was, I think, 5-1. Yeah, I think he's 6-7 to seven over four years. That yeah. would be my guess. Six well, and I, I, and to be honest, I don't really know what that what the free agent he's salary right market shot. is. He's another right shot, though. He's a lefty. Oh, fuck. We already had this debate. Yeah, I know. God damn it. Why <laughs> Second I time's the charm. Ugh, <laughs> um, fucking Orlando. But he's going to get a big deal. I mean, he's the best defenseman on the market. And he's a, he's a really good defenseman. I think he's... He for for a cup winning team, he's a third, a number three, which is again saying a lot because that's the number two on most teams. I I, I think I always feel upset when uh, the draft comes around because they're like his upside is number two center, and I'm like that's bullshit. Like he could be better. Number two center is really a good player, you know. Like uh, number three defenseman, and I take that as on a a good team, is a uh, a compliment. Vladdy Tarasenko. Where, where were we talking about him going at deadline before he we went? Were we talking about Carolina? Yeah, like anywhere that needed scoring. I think Carolina. I think Jersey. But like no again, longer, no Jersey. Jersey's, Jersey's out of the done. Market, yeah, so. totally right. Like I, I, I don't know what to think about him. I don't know where he's at in his career. He's young enough to, in theory, have another seventy point season in him. Like I really think he is. Oh, I, I think more than that. I mean, I, I really. I think do. he could I, be great. I, I mean, I, 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 he's not even thirty. He's something like twenty eight. Um, twenty eight. Yeah, let, let me let me confirm. Can we check his age? That's yeah, a big yeah, deal here. Yeah. That's a um, huge deal. But you know, if he's twenty eight, this is a whole. I different think he's. I think he's still got forty goals in him. Um, he's always oh, thirty one. Still, I think he has forty goals in him one time. I do, I do, I do. So at thirty one, you know, he's probably what leaning, leaning. But looking at this, is it's it's kind of a well. He's not in a similar spot as Orlov because he's already made big deal. He's already made big money, and yeah. he is coming off of a, you know. Not, not a horrible playoff, but, like, his value didn't dramatically increase. Um, I, I just – yeah, I mean, who needs him? Like, may, maybe a place like Vancouver. Uh, I mean, but this is the weird thing about it is we're talking about a 40-goal scorer as if who needs him. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, we say we, we say both those things in the same sentence, right. and it's like 
well, it's a forty goal scorer. Every fucking team needs him. You know, yeah. like if if we're talking about him like like that, like every team would want him. I would who be can afford him? It's Dallas. Dallas would Dallas? be a great fit, dude. Dallas. Um, maybe well, Dallas. Dallas would be a great fit because he could take Jamie Ben's role. Right, right. And be better at it on the power play. That is, and Jamie Ben could be a better player overall. Like, well, Jamie Ben was great. I think we're all big Jamie Ben guys. Yeah, but, uh, Ben had a good year this year. Ben, ben was back in the seventy point range this year. Totally, and like uh, the thing is, like we're like, oh, Jamie Ben doesn't need re- to be replaced. For cup winning teams, it's about adding on to that. You know, you, you're not trying to replace. You're, you're just trying to be better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to think of him because you're right. The vibe is who who would he fit with? You know, mm-hmm. and, and realistically, it's like everyone if 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 he reaches his potential, but we don't know that. We haven't seen that fully yet. So I I, he's he's a very curious case. You know, I feel like we almost talk about him as like Kane. It's a great film, The Curious Case of Vladimir Tarasenko. It's it's a total thing, and if he's shit, the film is garbage. But if he's good, <laughs> like people would watch it ten years from now. So some of these deeper cut free agents, OEL, who just got bought out, and you might be able to sign for a vet minimum or a two million dollar deal, something like that. Do you see value there? Vet minimum, yeah. Vet OEL, minimum. OEL is a guy that the Bruins were always in on, going back to like before his career went completely off the rails. Also, like vet minimum, Carolina, call up the phone right now, get your power play coach. I don't know. I love I love Carolina's decor. I do too, but he would be their power play one point um, man. Is Brett Pesci a free agent? Uh, he's going to resign. Oh, is he RFA? Is he RFA? Okay. And I think there's. They think he's going to resign, but like also like he's OEL is a fantastic power play so defenseman. Another vet minimum guy I've thought about as a Bruin. But OEL's not going to sign vet minimum. I don't think. I yeah, think he's right. going to sign two, for a two and a team. half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shaddy. In a bottom pairing role at vet minimum. Shaddy. Yeah, kind of. I, I mean, I just I didn't watch a lick of Ducks hockey last year, so I couldn't tell you if he was useless or valuable or somewhere in between. You know who's a guy who's going to give him value? Who we hated on, but a guy who played a lot of minutes? Ryan Suter. Ryan Suter's kind of been that's he is hope for all old defensemen <laughs> who were once good, you know, who made like, their money. He's, and, he's, yeah. he's a guy people will take their chance on thinking because Ryan Suter provided valuable minutes for the Stars this year. Here's a guy. Here's a guy I've again always liked it, except for when my team's playing against him, Lars Eller. How old is he? That's what I'm finding out right now. Um, Lars Eller is – it feels like he's getting old. Um, Lars Eller is – oh, he's 34. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe a two-year deal, two and a half one, per. One. He's at the one now. When, when you're 34 and you're not a, like a top six forward, it's a one-year deal. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, tough point production. It's a one-year deal. <laughs> it's coming off a 23 But, like, he's season. a guy like, like who you could see like a, a Lightning or an Avalanche picking up. Like Lightning, right? L- lose Ross Colton. Maybe you pick up Lars Eller. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a good team could pick him up for that vet minimum. Um, yeah. The other guy, actually, one guy we got to talk about because yeah. we mentioned him earlier, but I think he's a step above, like pretty much. Well, not a step. Uh, Tarasenko is a unique case, but like got? JT Confer. Yeah, I mean, I think Confer's. Yeah, I think Confer's in that kind of like um, Kalorn Bertuzzi spot where it's like this is a good, this is a good time, the right time for him to hit free agency. What's his number to you? I think he's probably going to sign for six. And that's high. That's steep. See, I think. Five, so, maybe. So, so Five, five. So, I've got my Bruins perspective, right? So, Charlie Coyle makes a little over five. Charlie Coyle makes like five, three, five, two, five. Would you take him or Confru? For a second line center, let's say. 
I think Comfer is a better fit as a second line center, but Coyle's a better fit as a third line center. Does that make sense? It totally does. That's why and, I asked and, the question. And, and, and like, so I, I think that the Coyle contract's good for a fringe second line center like Comfer. Five is too much for Coyle as the third line guy, but Comfer's still young. Think, the thing about Coyle's game, and I don't want to make this a Charlie Coyle podcast, but like he. It's like eye test versus production. Like, I don't know another player in the league that is more lopsided, where you watch and you're like, holy shit, 13's the best player on the ice. And then you look at an 82-game sample and you're like, this guy put up, like, 38 points. Yeah. Like, he just, like, the puck does not end up in the back of the net. But, like, a lot of ozone possessions, advanced metrics are really positive. Like, they keep it down. He's really good defensively. He's a great third line He's center. a great skater, big, strong guy, like, great work ethic. Everybody loves him. Like, you know, check, like he's got no red flags personality-wise and, like, as a human being. Um, and as a hockey player, he's a pretty complete hockey player. It's just he can't he, – he doesn't produce points. He's an elite third-line center. Yeah. That's, that's what makes you an elite third-line center. But shouldn't center. an elite third-line center make four and a half, not five and a quarter? Yeah, but when you're that good, when apples. you're that good, yeah, that's, that, that's kind of splitting it's, it's, So, so you think Comfer is going to get north of six? No, I think he might get. Bet- I would Coil say deal? six. Yeah. I would say six. I think he gets five and a half. I think that's a fair value too. It, it'll be interesting. The one thing I hope that doesn't happen because I think he's a good player. I like watching him. He's he's a Chicago kid, well, suburb kid, but like Chicago area kid. Um, and there's been a lot of rumblings that he could be coming to the Hawks. I, I just would hate that to be honest. I think he could play. I think he could play in the playoffs as a valuable role, and uh, I think if he came to Chicago, he'd be a bridge player. Who? JT Comfer. Oh, oh, oh. Comfer's a Chicago area guy. Yeah, I think he'd be a bridge player in Chicago, and I I, I don't love that for a guy that I I would like to watch on a good team. I think he's, he's he would be fun to watch on a good team. Here's another one, Nico Mikola. Yeah, I have no idea what he's going to end up with. 27 years old, left shot. Could be your fourth defenseman. Fourth on a bad team. Yeah, probably fifth. He probably probably fifth or fifth. sixth yeah. on a good team. So he's he's one of those guys that could go anywhere in the league. You know, somebody likes him, they sign him. One yeah. GM has their eye on him, they sign him. Yeah. Yeah, he, didn't, he had no playoff games played when they won the cup. So. Yeah. The last guy I see on this list, too, I think, and only because he's a Bruins guy, and like, I've, I've liked this tape. And you are very different than my other Boston Bruins fans, uh, Connor Clifton. Uh, they hated him. Thank you. you. I totally, I, 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 I totally forgot. I mean, I meant to have him on my top three. Keep going. I'm surprised you didn't. I no, totally the the him. reason I bring him up is because I watch him. He's got a loud game. You know, like he's hitting people. He's taking shots. He's doing stuff all over the ice. Um, I, I know you loved him, and like because a loud game when you don't watch a team that much, you like the loud game. You just are attracted to it. Well, you like, could love him or hate him if you have a small sample size. It's true, but like what I saw, I was like, I like this guy, you know. And I, I generally tend to tend to like the guys who are active, more so than not. And active can be good and bad depending on how it's done. Um, I went to Boston. I was in Boston for work and seeing friends, and it was during the Bruins opening round. And at that point, they were up three one still, but they all hated Clifton. They all hated him. I, I love I love the kid. I'm yeah. on your side on this, but I was I was surprised to see maybe four people who watch the Bruins closely hate him. I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I, I would I would I would chalk that up to either like they don't value depth and grinder pieces, and like they just think that like the superstars are good and the bad players are bad. And when there's like a bad play, like oh, it was Clifton's fault. Fuck Clifton. 
Um, like they think Pasternak. Well, that was definitely it. But right. also two of them, two of them, I trust to be good. To honestly, Rusty, you are like I, I would say like one of the biggest hockey sources. I would say, but two of them follow hockey very closely. Okay. But I think they they value those mistakes more than they value the big hit and shot on net. So I believe Clifton can be a number four if you have a great one, two, three. I, I agree. Um, even on a good team. Um. But on a bad team, definitely. Um, and on a good team, like he's a, I think he's, I think he's a really valuable uh, bottom pairing guy. And I, I'm thinking about where he'll land. I, you know, I can't. I, I, and it's like he's in a position in his career, right? Undrafted college guy hasn't made any real NHL money, right? The like he probably hasn't paid for pretty much anything since he's been in the league because the boys pick up the tabs and like, yep. um. But, you know, he's had to work his tail off for everything that he's gotten. Um, I just think he's he's just – I think he's a winning player and a winning person. Um, but now it's his time to, to make bank. So it might be a freaking Arizona. It might be um, – you know, Whoever. Whoever says we'll give you two years, six million. And I know when we talk about NHL money, we're not talking about that as huge money. That's yeah, but that's a shit a lot. ton of money. That's a lot of cash. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's money yeah. you cash in on, you know? He's 27 years old, so two years, six million. That's actually a good little spot because that'll still give him a chance to hit that 29-year-old free agency market. Um, it's a win-win trade. It's a win-win deal, you know? Like, he gets his money. A team takes a good risk that's low risk, really. It's Three just, million in NHL perspective is not that big of a risk. It's frustrating to me because, like, the Bruins – like, he – there's really no logical or reasonable way he ends up back on the Bruins. Like I want the Bruins to no. trade Grizzlick. I want them to trade Carlo. I went through it. I want them to trade pretty much like they, yeah. they, they have a shell of a roster right he's now. And co- I want he's going to cost gone. too much for the Bruins. Totally. Totally. He's gone. And that's frustrating. Um, I feel like that's something they could have gotten ahead of if they moved Grizzlick a while ago. Um, Grizzlick's another just great guy that I really love, but I don't like his contract and I don't think he can handle the playoffs. Um, but I, I think I think of Clifton differently, although Clifton does not really have a playoff record that's anything to be be proud of. Um, I, I do think that he's ready for that, and I think that he's at a point to really take charge of his next of his next uh, of his next opportunity, his next contract. So we'll we'll see we'll see where he goes. Um, let me see. Is there anybody else? Are we are we are we? That's rambling? the last guy I got. Garnet Hathaway is another guy. I, I want Garnet Hathaway back on the Bruins, but for cheap. Okay, so you ready? 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 On the Kachuk scale, right? Kachuk's a ten. Hathaway is like a one and a half, two. I think he's a one, <laughs> but he's on the scale. Yeah, he's, he's on, on the scale. scale. He's on the scale. Um, he's like a point five to one. You know, he's just he's just a scrappy asshole that's like hard to play against. I I, I like that kind of a fit. Um, look at the other guys here. What about Adam Ernie? What did you see out of Adam Ernie as a Wings guy? I didn't see him make the lineup every night. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Pure Engvall. Yeah, he'll get a deal. I think he'll get actually a surprisingly good deal. I could see Pierre Engvall having like a sixty-point season for somebody. I could like maybe like Seattle. Sixty? No. Fifty? No. Forty. <laughs> Forty, I think, is the high. What his... if he becomes like a PP one guy? Dude, look at Seattle. Like Seattle's power play is not good. I don't think he breaks it, dude. Um. All right. All right. I, I, that's my LaVisca. That's my LaVisca. That's a LaVisca take. That's my LaVisca. The 60-point Pierre my, Engvall is my, a LaVisca take My LaVisca is that Pierre Engvall will produce. Can I go 55? 
Sure, you could go 55. In the right scenario. You could go 50. You could go 50. <laughs> In the right scenario. If he ends up signing like a two-way deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, he's going to sign it. He's going to be in the NHL. All right, all right, all right. But uh, that's my LaVisca. <laughs> I think um, 50 is LaVisca. Look at the rest of this. The good part about LaVisca, it doesn't matter list. if you're wrong. Um, do you remember Connor Brown? Yeah. So he's just been hurt as hell. Um, I think he's a BC kid. Um, he was on... He's on Ottawa. He's a free agent now. He was on the Caps. Um, I'm looking at his cap friendly. I just want to see what he's previously made. So he previously was on a two two one salary, and his issue has just been health. And I think now he's in his 30s. Um, so he's 29 right now. Um, and I don't know. He's kind of a grinder. We're, um, we're entering the phase of a lot of these guys, like now we're Pia rambling. Suter. Now we're you know, rambling. had a good stretch with the Wings. We'll probably be on an NHL team, but like. Wait, wait, there was one name I wanted the to mention. The one to two mil guys. There was one more name that I wanted to make sure to mention. Um, I just uh, Carson Susie we haven't talked about. Yeah. This is a guy. So Carson Susie is a guy. I, I think I think Susie is um I think Carson Susie is a guy that is also going to benefit from the playoffs in the copycat league because yeah. he is like that classic Nick Haig, that classic yeah. white cloud, right? Yeah. He is that sturdy. Like if you want to have a deep, deep, if you want to have a decor that goes six deep and you roll them like the Knights did, I think Susie could totally fit that role. Um, and, you know, on a slightly less core, he could be your fourth guy, but I think he's really best fit as a five or six. Um, but c- c- is, is Carson Susie worth a two and a half million, three million dollar deal? I can see him getting. Is more. he worth the term? He's only twenty six years old. I mean, again, like like I, 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 the tough part with contracts is like you see the Hawks giving four million to Nick Foligno, right? Somebody will probably pay him that because he's good. If he's good four? enough to be in the league, no, two and a half. Ah. You know, like somebody will probably pay him that because there's there's teams looking to pay players right now. So like, call me a huge jackass, but like, if the Bruins move Carlo and plug in Susie at two and a half instead of four and change, they're picking up, you know, almost two million in cap space. Yeah. And now they're betting on Carson Susie's ability to do what Carlo does. I don't think I don't think they're really like the same quality of player. I think Carlo's more valuable. But I look at Susie; he's meaner. Yeah. Um. And he doesn't have the concussion passed. Yeah. And you can get him. You can get him for three quarters of the cost or two thirds of the cost. And like I, those are the types of marginal moves I want. Um. Boston to think about, but like all, it's also relevant for other teams. I think it's more relevant for other teams because in a vacuum, I, I see what you're saying. I think Carl is a substantially better player. Yeah. But the cap space is important. <clears throat> With Boston, I just think it's tough to. They're in such a cap hellhole. Does, in roster they're hellhole. really not. They're really not in a cap hellhole. Well, a roster, they're, they're in a roster hellhole because they don't have centers, and centers are the most expensive commodity in hockey. Like yeah. to sign JT Comfort, like you, you maybe be able to do that swapping at Comfort. You know, uh, the the Bertuzzi or not the Bertuzzi, but the Hall and Carlo swap. You can maybe sign Comfort then, but you're still left with the hole. You know, the, the Bruins are a tough case right now. Yeah, they're it's, just a really whack-a-mole. tough case. It's like roster whack-a-mole. Like it's just like every it's, time you plug one hole, now you're exposed in another place. But they have so many strengths still, which is they have so many great players, I should say. It's true. You uh, know, it's a really weird thing. It's Mar- a weird thing. Right. Mar- Marshan, McAvoy, Pasternak, right? Those are And Lindholm's a really good player and then two goal but Lindholm is a he's worth his like maybe not worth his money. I know we I think we're all on the same page on him. Six and a half. 
that's a pretty good deal for Lindholm. I know, but a like a deal. lot of years. He's he just I think his I think you could trade that for I, a lot. I think it, I think he's got seven more years. You could trade half. that for a lot. So yeah, I get that. But two goalies too. I mean, that's where you can really trade take both of those fucks and ride with yeah. this AHL guy, Bussy. Yeah, but no, I I, I like the comp. I I, I just I understand just, where you're not high on Carlo. I think Carlo is very valuable in the NHL. Totally, and I don't think totally. the Bruins will move that, that's him. That's why that's why I want to move him. But I, I feel like they won't because they're in love. Because he's him. also so valuable, and he's theirs. Like they got him that horrible 2015 draft, right? Yeah. They got him in the second round of that draft. Yeah, so they. So love he, that. he's like salvaging their own like black eye. But like again, my thing with him is just like he's one more he's one more really scary collision away from maybe maybe being being, being a guy that walks away from hockey at twenty eight. And that happens, but like I, I think we look at those things and as if they don't happen. That happens in the NHL, and uh, you forget about them, but they do happen. Especially a guy that logs the minutes he does against the teams he does in the moments. And, and a guy who needs to be does, physical like, to to to, uh, to elevate to his full game. And right? all teams are going to do is chip the puck into his corner and go chase it down. Like, yeah. Like, that's what they're going to do. Um, so, I, I just – I think it's more likely than not his career is dramatically impacted by concussions between now and the time that he's 30. I get it. And I want to get out ahead of that. And, you know, again, I'm not rooting for it. Obviously, I want him to be healthy and I want him to <laughs> get meaner and do all this stuff. But, anyway. All right, now we're rambling. We've covered uh, we've covered we've way covered more a than lot. we really should have. If you really want to deep dive – Listen to this. We talked about a lot of uh, players. Um, <laughs> a bad free agency class deep dive. But Slot also, I mean, this is on point with us because, like, I, I, the reason I'm excited for this is, like, we got a lot of grinders. So teams many here. grinders, dude. You know, and that, that's what we live for. Um, that's kind of our pod. So, like, if you really like those low-key players and you want to watch something new, you know, come to us. <laughs> we'll cover is, it. We'll, we'll, we'll call this section the, 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 the Price is Right Termite Edition. <laughs> that's exactly what it is, man. We're just we're hunting for termites. We're like, where can you become a termite? You know, uh, anything else on the agenda, Arm Dog? No, that's all we got. That's all we got. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't know exactly what our schedule is going to be. We're gonna, I, I, you know, we'll 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 talk with Jack and kind of get back together about uh, the 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 off season schedule. Um, I think we're gonna give our 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 dedicated termite listeners a break. And ourselves, you know, a little bit of a summer vacation here. Um, it'll be important that we do like our kind of recap and and uh, you know free agency recap. Where did people land, etc. But in my opinion, I, I think we've covered enough that we can do most of that in our season preview. Yeah, and like the thing is, like, look, we're gonna take we won't be every week. Um, it's summertime, you know. We all got time off. Hockey season's at a little bit Get of a get out dull to the role. cottage. We're gonna we're gonna take some relaxing days here. Um, but then the season's around the corner, you know? Like, soon enough, we're going to be having season previews. The free agencies this weekend. We're going to see a lot <laughs> unfold. Um, we're going to have probably a breakdown of those moves. And then we'll, we'll it get will be a- very funny to audit this conversation with where the numbers actually come in. Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious because, like, I, like, I'm not claiming I know anything about the numbers. This is me pulling it out of my ass. But when, I, when I listen to this pod, I'm going to try to jot down all the names and numbers that we agreed on. I'm going to have a rusty and an arm, and we're going to say, we said this dollar, the, each player, this dollar, this dollar, and then we'll see where it shakes out. Yeah, it'll be fun. And I'm then, excited to see that. And, like, and, and, and then I'll pound my chest about it, and then you'll be like, oh, yeah, Rusty, I owe you a slap bet. Like, I'm about to slap the fucking paint oh, off your face. I have to slap you at some point. Fuck, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, okay. might have to have some bevies at the lake. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll we'll be back. We're gonna have some episodes before the season starts. We're gonna have season previews. Um, 
I think we're all excited for season previews. We had a ton of fun. This season we started off a little bit before the season, so we did it. But it'll be fun to get a, a fresh season. I know we all had a lot of fun with the playoff preview. Um, so it'll be fun to get a full fresh slate. Uh, when we have that full cycle, we're in the podcast. No more cheapies, right? Next year, this year when we did our season preview, we were already yeah. about 15 games in. We, we already had like a head start, like avoided a lot of horrible LaViscas that fell down. We already had like a sneak peek. So next but year, that also could be a good thing because some guys oh, sometimes that first month is just smokes and mirrors. Hundred percent. So we're gonna have some absolute fall in your face takes this year, but yeah. that's what our termite fans stick around for. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. Shout out to Star Six Media for hosting us. Um, we love it. You know, we're we're blessed with this. You know, it's a great thing to be a part of a network. Check out all the other podcasts. We have every sport going. So regardless of what you like, check out Star Six Media. We got a lot of other good hosts on the network um if you want to follow us we got rusty pedroia over here on twitter he's getting active you know i i love seeing the tweets um i've, I've been definitely stepping up the tweet game i know and it's massive like it, it's fun to see because we save we save most for the pot i should say we we have a general saying save for the pot if you're a loyal listener you know that pot that that tagline um but sometimes you just got to tweet something you know you, you see something happen it's an instant thought and usually the tweets it's almost like tweeting out my pod notes where it's like I'll, i get 160 characters in the in the tweet yeah. but here you know you got long form to really explain what you're talking totally, about exactly no there's always so. more here there's always more here um so yeah follow rusty pejora great follow Siffy man, he left early. You know, he's got a grind on the ice. This guy is an absolute warrior. Uh, we might have to post some beer league film of him um, in the offseason. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll put some highlights. <laughs> we'll chop up some Sif live barn. <laughs> we'll chop up some Sif live barn. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll probably do that. We'll tweet that out. Uh, <laughs> the one the one knee, one T that's six feet wide. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that thing was ripped, man. Oh, man. Fluid. Fluid. Fluid hips. Good hands. Exactly. And if you want to follow me, follow armdog underscore SS. I'm tweeting about the wings mostly, but uh, general hockey team, you know, I like to make takes. So. I will say for all the Twitter, for the Twitterers out there, <laughs> armdog's bio and pictures are like worth the visit. So check out the profile. You, you got to get the tweets going on this offseason. I love to hear it. I all love right, to hear it. We all set here? We're all set. He's, Peace the, arm, out. he's the arm dog. I'm Uncle Rusty. Have a great summer, termites. <laughs>